everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloane. I'm Mina. And I'm Tom. And today we are here, episode one, our 100th episode of the podcast, no less, if you can count all our side episodes. 100, episode 100, and we are here to talk about the entirety of Digimon Frontier. That makes oh, me no. a bit sad, to be honest. <laughs> I yeah. think we should be doing a better show for our 100th episode. Well, we, we we will be for the official episode 100. Yes. This is technically episode 94, but because we've done we've done OVAs, we've done non-canon episodes to the Novacast chronology, so. <laughs> yeah, we did, a whole, we did a whole episode where we just made up a Digimon Netflix show, which uh, in retrospect feels like a fever dream, so. It was, uh, a, oh yes. man. We couldn't, we couldn't number that one, certainly We not. made a Digimon better than Digimon Frontier. Not a hard feat, <laughs> mind you, but... Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, pass. as with all of our retrospectives, we are bringing on a new guest today. And new guest, rotating chair, would you like to introduce yourself to the class? Uh, hi, yeah. Uh, my name is Meg. Uh, mixed Meg Art, if uh, that rings any bell with anybody. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I've been invited uh, by Mina to join everybody on the cast today. And it's so fun to be here and actually get to discuss... Uh, Digimon. It's like I've, I feel like I've reawakened a sleeper agent in me by getting back into this because <laughs> I was very into it when it was first airing um, on TV in the late '90s and early 2000s. And yeah, so it's it's so it's so fun to be here. I That's love perfect, activating though. Digimon fan sleeper agents in the world. Exactly, it's it's our favorite hobby. Good. You just hear that you hear you hear any other tracks from the the uh, movie. You hear any of the scar hits, and suddenly it's like. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember uh, one, everything. One week plays in a bar, <laughs> and your programming activates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially, I see just like, especially because for me, um, as a kid, I'm watching mostly uh, yeah, Adventure and Tamers, um, and Wizardmon being my personal favorite, and yes. always having yeah, having the minor a minor character. So anytime I see just like anything related to Tamon, or I hear like one of the actors' voices in something else, it's just like shoom. <laughs> it's, it's the, the Leonardo DiCaprio thing. Yeah, that was that was me watching um, the show OKKO OK because um, <laughs> oh my god, Kari's Kari's voice actor is in that as a fairly uh, important antagonist. And when I first heard her, I, yeah, I literally just pointed at the screen. I know that voice. That's Kari. Okay, okay. speaking that of Kari's voice, stars. speaking of Kari's <laughs> yeah. actress, there is an episode of iCarly where she plays a human character because it's a live action show. And when I heard that, I lost my mind because I'm like, you're not a real person. You're just a voice. You're not allowed <laughs> to exist in, in like the human world. We're not allowed to see your face. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, baffling. You I, I, I don't, I don't want to know what these people look like. I just, I just wanted to hear their, their voices. Yeah. Anyways, no, uh, not, not, Meg, not true, by the way. Please, if no, any, not absolutely if any, true. If, if, <laughs> if any voice actors are listening to this, uh, or do not hide your face in shame. Do not hide your face. Uh, please, God, you, know. you both are so lucky that we are like a semi-obscure Digimon podcast. Because you get roasted <laughs> so hard for half of the things you say on the show out of context. <laughs> yes. I don't want to see. I don't want to see voice actors ever. Don't clip that. <laughs> No, so, no. Uh, Meg, we always ask <laughs> yes. our our guests, our illustrious guests, uh, sort of their history with Digimon and particularly the the particular series that we are doing. So, how about you tell us a little bit about your history with the digital monsters and with Frontier in particular? 
Sure. So, um, yeah, like with Digimon in general, it was, it started off as literally, I remember a core memory sitting in the car with my older brother and him being like, hey, you like Pokemon, right? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, there's this other show called Digimon and these guys talk. And I'm like, no way. And then, <laughs> so um, that's kind of how it started and tuning in on Saturday mornings uh, to watch the show. And it was one of those things, uh, yeah, that I watched it. I watched a lot of it when it originally aired. So everything was out of order. I didn't know the context of literally anything in the show. Um, and then when Frontier rolled around, uh, I pretty much got into the first episode or two. And then Takuya became a Digimon. And I was like, what is this? And I tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was too much of a change for little Meg's uh, routine-based child mind. <laughs> that the understandable. Have start. a great day. Drive off. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. Judging by the ratings in Japan, I think you are the only one who had that reaction. Yeah, because it's like, no, this isn't how it goes. This isn't right. This isn't correct. I know personally, Digimon. All the Digimon told me how it works, and this isn't correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agumon is I checked, real. I checked with Agumon. I checked with Agumon, and he said that this is not how things happen. This is heresy. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> this isn't true. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't believe heresy. their lies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much that. Yeah. So pretty much that's how it's been for um, several several years. And um, I was really unable to get a hold of really anything else. I really only thought that Digimon was just a TV show. I didn't think that there was anything else to it than that. Um, and I didn't learn more about kind of the history until I got older and I started getting back into it. Um, and yeah, I started trying to rewatch the entire series at one point. I think it was around the time of the 20th anniversary of the original show, and they were going to release oh. like a continuation, I guess. The the Try movies, yeah. Yes, yeah. And I still haven't. Again, like I got derailed completely by Frontier once again. And <laughs> um, so this is this has been my third attempt of trying to watch Frontier, and I did it. I made it. I did it for y'all. I, thought, honestly, I, 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 I was like bracing for like and I couldn't I couldn't do it. I still couldn't do it. And I and I wouldn't You made we, it through like four episodes and then you, you just I wouldn't have blamed you. like, yeah, I did it. I, I did wouldn't it. have I you did one bit. One bit. We we are um, unbelievably grateful for, for uh, like for the sacrifice you've made for the show because it was very difficult finding someone who was willing to watch Frontier <laughs> yeah, for this. We were like, do we <laughs> want to like subject someone to this? And like, we were like, hey, like, if it's been like 20 years since you watched it, like, you know what? Sure, fine. Like, no, like, we actually found someone who did it. And truly, yeah, we owe like, you I our lives. Each, each of us made multiple posts being like, hey, is anyone interested in doing this? And you're the only one who responded. So thank you. Thank you oh so my God. much. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, I don't see this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely definitely a tricky ask and a big ask and i was honestly thinking there's no way in hell we can ask someone to watch the show like they have to have seen it before that there's no way that that's going to work but uh defied all expectations i guess so <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for it yeah yeah no worries. It. it's like it's like one of the it's one of those things where it's like like we spent literally this entire season of the podcast talking so much trash about the show, and then when the retrospective comes, we have to hop on Twitter and be like, "Hey, anyone want to watch it? <laughs> Anybody want to watch this garbage thing we've been subjecting ourselves to for weeks?" Yeah, <laughs> I did it in less than a week. <laughs> Just sat there and let it go. <laughs> you are more wow. braver and more powerful than any marine. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I genuinely can't imagine what would happen to my brain if I did that. So. 
Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I, I one of my pastimes is watching animation of all kinds, good or bad. Mostly bad because it kind of teaches me um, that, hey, man, no matter what I do, these people got money and they made and <laughs> yeah. they, were, they had a production and all of these people <laughs> got paid. And I also am a firm believer that sometimes working on a bad production, as long as you have a good team, is actually way more fun than working on a good production. Because as soon as you just kind of figure out that like, oh, this is trash, no pressure, <laughs> as you're working on it. Um, and I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage for a lot of animators to have to go through at least one just like really bad story production. Just from just from like this, just from like the, the artwork itself standpoint, not necessarily like the bad team and the bad production team and stuff like that. If you have a bad production team, hit the bricks. But I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I can I, I actually enjoy watching bad things. <laughs> is that is that something that you as like an artist have had experience with? Like working on just some some real some real clunkers, we'll say politely. <laughs> yeah. David Shin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ha- I have, um and it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't know, it's just it just comes to a point uh, when you, you can figure out pretty fast when you're working on a production that you know, obviously, not all productions are meant to be, um, you know, groundbreaker tentpoles, uh, changing, you know, animation as we know it, all that kind of thing. Sometimes you just want to make a silly cartoon. And sometimes you need to pay your bills. <laughs> Most yeah. of the time, you need to pay your bills. So you make the best of the production. And um, yeah, so it's like, so usually I can always find at least like one thing that I enjoy about even the worst uh, things that I've ever watched. And I would say that... Um, in Frontier, I could definitely see it in the voice act, the English voice acting cast, because a lot mm-hmm. of them are like huge animation veterans anyway. Yeah, and you could just tell we're like, this is silly. Let's just do whatever. <laughs> that's that's it's... been like the prevailing spirit of the dubs uh, throughout, you know. Uh, and and it's, I honestly feel like they kind of not dropped the ball, but like it kind of dropped off a little bit in this season just because I felt like. There's so much just unnecessarily heavy melodrama, but also yeah. thinking back about how this is also just like how kids play, at least how I used to yeah. play. You know, it's just like everything just gets so. It's one of those things. It kind of has a very Spy Kids vibe to me. Like if you were coming oh, into I w- this, I wish I had watched Spy Kids instead of this. <laughs> yeah, well, like that's thinkable. It also depends on like so, like Spy Kids and the Spy Kids series was literally made with the intention of like the the creator of it listening to every single buckwild opinion his kids had and he's like yeah we're going to do it and that's pretty much what the what what it all ended up being and having like kind of like that level of of absurdity and melodrama and stuff like that after watching Digimon Frontier I felt like if this was some kid's first experience with Digimon I can see how a kid would actually like this especially when it's like and talking to my one of my friends who watched also watched it when they were a kid, how they just like the concept of sometimes you just want to turn into a big creature. <laughs> that's, yeah. Honestly, yeah. that's it's a, it's like a primal desire. Sometimes you just want to go ape mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like and so like I can understand I can understand the angle that was trying to be taken and can see and can see how it can work as it stands on its own. But the execution of what I've seen largely by just by direction choices and writing, not really writing so much as just like animation writing, I guess, like uh, the writing of the scenes and, 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 and how they wanted stuff to play out. And just, you know, some of the cinematography and some of the children, Zoe, 
Just not very <laughs> choice. She's not a, she's not a treatment child. of women she's in general. Demon. Not a not a high point in the series. Well, the treatment of women in general and treatment of children. Yes, which is weird because it's all about children. Yeah, yeah. It's it's creepy. <laughs> in detail. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. We'll we'll get into it later. Get but into there it. Is, there was a part that was censored that is much worse than anything that's in the dub, and like. Oh, my, it makes me sick to think about, it, to be honest. It's it's really disgusting. I'm going to find it. You, you're yeah. telling me you okay, didn't appreciate look, sexy dynamite? Yeah, just just look up sexy dynamite if you if you want if you want to throw up in your mouth a little a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the podcast mouth throwing up. Let's do it. Let's get some <laughs> let's get some let's get some <laughs> vomit fully in here. No, no. First first 15 please, please minutes don't. and uh, please, please here. if you do. Of course it's with Zoe, this poor kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No. Everything, everything bad about the show. No. Conceptually, no, that poor kid, but like in practice, like still that poor kid, but also like erased Zoe from existence. I just, I know. Because the thing is, yeah, usually, and usually this is something that's just exceedingly popular in a lot of uh, shonen and shoujo and like just a lot of anime having to do with underage kids. Um, and I wouldn't say just anime, but like a lot of animation in general of projecting the girl's idea of wanting to having to be the emotionally mature one and therefore like already sexy. And it's like, girl, you're 12. Yeah. <laughs> you were written by grown men. You need to calm down. It's interesting you say this because I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, even despite that, I wouldn't classify anyone in the show as emotionally mature. <laughs> like, oh, no, absolutely not. Literally one human yeah. is emotionally mature. Yeah, like it's not like Tommy. I guess might be the closest, and he is literally an, like no, my, eight my years boy old Koichi. or something. Uh, yeah, is so yeah. emotionally stunted. I'm sorry. He, no, no, <laughs> he is. It, he's he's got, so emotionally stunted that it circles back to he is the most emotionally mature. Like he takes I mean, everything guess, too yes. much in stride. <laughs> he, was, he, was emotionally by, he was controlled by. He was controlled by a rabbit devil, and he's just sort of like vibing. And also sounded just like a grown ass man the entire show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crisp, Crispin Freeman can do two voices, and neither of them are a child. I don't care. <laughs> Look, yeah. I, I love, love I love Koichi, and yeah. I love Crispin Freeman in this role. I think I think this um, this performance would be better if they replaced all of his lines with clips from uh, Winston Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I need to restart just, Overwatch or 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 else. <laughs> <laughs> just like D- Duskmon appearing to kick everyone's ass. Sorry for dropping in. <laughs> I love you it. I'm just, it. I'm just thinking of that one, that one like Tumblr post or whatever it is, where it's like all the, all the. It's like instead of the Avengers, it's the Digimon Frontier kids, and then it's like Winston Overwatch is here. It's like, oh, hi, Winston. Um, I just found that, but yes. I, I know exactly the one you're talking about because I saw yeah. it the other day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's one of those remember, things, but. When you describe Remember, it, you sound insane, but it is real. It exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't think uh, I can't think of many ways to make Frontier worse, but I feel like getting Overwatch involved might be uh, might be part of it. Unfortunately. So, oh yeah. Um, let's let's nix that idea. Um, but but um, yeah, for, for yeah, legal I... purposes, this is a joke. No one on this podcast endorses Blizzard in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> no. <laughs> More, more none of the none more. of the characters in the show, despite being Japanese, are like Japanese in the sense that Blizzard would use for their characters. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. God, and now I'm doing the cartwheel out. Yeah, yep. no, no, cart, 
cartwheel back in. That's that's valid. Uh, okay, and true. Um, I cartwheel back in. I, I feel like yeah, I feel like Koichi is like really held up by in, in, in the dub his voice acting because it's like markedly different from the other kids. Um, and like coming in later in the show as well, so he isn't as um, set back by a lot of the uh, interesting characterization choices early in the show. Um, I mean, I guess if we want to just get into it, I, I think we agreed we would kick off by talking about the characters. And yes, I have opinions about. No, no, Tom, we're talking about the characters, and I'm using very, very large air quotes. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I wanted to. I want to say because I was thinking about where the show like went wrong. Like, where, like watching it from beginning to end, as we've done. Where did it first go wrong? And I thought the things about like the concepts of like the kids becoming Digimon, but I think that's just personal preference. I think that's just me not personally vibing with the choice. But like, I think so. I, I get. I get it. I get it. I get where the decision came from. Where the show I think originally went wrong. The choice to introduce all these characters with like these extremely unlikable character traits that then get like pocketed for use as like catchphrases later on, like Tommy's a crybaby, JP's a glutton, I guess. Uh, yeah, I. They literally Speaking... just made. You're saying you're saying these kids represent the seven greatest sins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be a fun twist. Uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> No. I mean, we did have a whole lot of there's a whole lot of de- uh, like deity uh, motifs and uh, yes. stuff like that throughout the entire series. Yes, they so, actually fight. They fight know. the devil from the Bible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like they fight. They love, fight like biblical biblical angels. And I love uh, how you said. I love how you said the devil deities. from the Bible with the same intonation as like Blobro from my shows. <laughs> That's um, exactly um, who he is. Featuring Dante <laughs> from the Devil May Cry series. It's um. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Snapcube Sonic stuff, but um, I watched their like fan dub of Sonic uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog, um, and they decided to give the devil a Brooklyn accent, and, and that's like <laughs> that's been like just ingrained in my brain. God, so phobia always you... reaches out. You just can't stop them from being racist <laughs> to Italians. Tom, you you laugh. Strap him. We're doing a lot of that. One of the characters I play in a tabletop game right now is is a demon with a broken accent, so I am not I am not one Fan. to judge about that. You whatsoever. too, Mina. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, so they isn't yes. Yeah, it's, it's just a such a strange choice to have them introduced in this way because, like, even for kids, I can't see it being relatable for them to be like, "Oh, I'm also kind of like that with my friends, kind of like a bully or whatever." Like, like I don't know. They're they're, they're portraying the characters as like more immature than they have previously, which I, I don't know how you. I don't know what the impetus is for that decision, and whatever they were going for, it doesn't work to like endear the characters to you, especially because at, they at never mature. That's yeah. the thing, like, they don't really develop, because, yeah, usually, because usually when you have a character that is starting off like like a jerk at the beginning of a series, especially as immature children, because let's face it, like, 11 and 12 year olds, like, they, I, I will give them yes. credit, like, oh my god, they actually do talk like kids, where they're just like, how old are you? I'm in this, like, I'm older than you, by like, three months, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, they all just, like, <laughs> when they initially start off, and then somehow, eventually, uh, there are a number of kids who just, like, at least from my experience, as being somebody who was bullied a lot, that eventually, like, sometimes it creates some weird form of camaraderie. 
by them being like mean to each other i don't know it's children are weird um yeah no i can i can i can bite that up yeah yeah but the thing about it the thing about it is that usually that sets up the character to go through some maturity and through some emotional maturity as the series goes on but the way that they did it with these children like especially Takuya is like really just like threw me when they're just like he's emotionally mature not because he can like hear wind i'm like what yeah (laughs) why and then they never mention it again He's the yeah. avatar, so now he is the biggest, strongest one of us. He's the avatar, but only with fire. And then if his friends yeah. like trade him his Digimon, <laughs> it's just so. I just it's a and, it, and another thing yeah. is like the, the way that they start off the characters isn't necessarily even from a standpoint of these are unlikable people. They're literally starting off the characters as one-dimensional tropes, and it doesn't feel like the kids really expand on that any further as the series goes on. The yeah. only one yeah. that they stop with the with the one dimension tropes is JP because he is literally introduced as and I'm the one who likes food and it's just like <laughs> yeah like it's just like ah oh, yes the fat one his only personality trait food just like God. yeah and, I, and, no no hey let's be fair <laughs> JP he also does magic like a weirdo I just they literally could not figure out it was that like that trait was almost something like the way that they had to do so much reaching to figure out how these kids were social outcasts in their lives they yeah. tried JP's yeah. like thrown at a dartboard just like oh uh, he does magic to get friends <laughs> yeah the, the problem the problem with it like because so they had to do it with Tommy and Tommy's Tommy had a good starting point, I guess, because he did already established him as, like, the crybaby. Uh, as bad as a choice as that was, makes it easy to me say, like, he's got no friends in real life. And it's like, well, I guess that makes sense. JP and Zoe. JP, I don't know what they were going for, but it just makes him seem like someone with, like, social awkwardness, but not, like, in a relatable way. He just seems kind of weird. Like and in a then- future incel way? Not even that, just like... Speaking from someone who can heavily relate at one point. Yeah, I don't know. He's a weird teenager. He he just has... He has such a strange vibe. And then with Zoe, they make the interesting choice to have it be all about anti-Italian... xenophobia i guess Um, (laughs) no they literally they literally made her personality of she went to europe and now everybody's jealous and now everybody hates it for her because they hate her for it because she came back being like oh i speak italian says random (laughs) words you can find in the dictionary molto bene i need to go on a brief tangent about zoe because the baffling thing is they try to present her as this sympathetic character, but whenever oh, you see man. a flashback, someone's like, oh, hey, Zoe, like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, you wanna go with me? She's like, you can go by yourself. It's like, or it's like, oh, hey, don't you think this keychain is cute? It's like, no, it's ugly. And it's like, she is just unlikable. <laughs> like, I wanna make that clear. Even in the flashbacks, I was trying to, to sympathize with her. She is unli- She is inherently unlikable and, like, rude to her classmates. She's an outsider because she's a jerk, not because she is like different, because she's Italian, which is ba- absolutely baffling. Like she she's so, just like an outright jerk. No, it when, wasn't when, even that she was Italian. It's that she went to go live in Italy for a little bit. It wasn't even that. It was Ita- literally she part Italian? No, she's not. They literally like the whole cause that's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, I can't remember. Is this girl actually like Italian and moved to Japan? She was and born in she's... Japan but moved to Italy, okay. My mistake. Yeah, and that's but that's what makes it even funnier. She literally went on like a summer va- like a summer transfer trip or a summer vacation to Italy and came back and was speaking Italian. And you have to and like another thing about like kid memory 
And what I see in the show is that if you disappear for like more than a school year, you're basically dead to all the other students. And if you come back and you're suddenly and you're suddenly speaking like very bad Italian to a whole bunch of Japanese kids. Yeah, that's really insufferable. It's like if somebody said that they just had a trip to Europe and they come back and they're like, oh, did you, how was Barcelona? And they're like, it's Barcelona. I was gonna just make that joke. Thank you. I'm so glad you went there. It's pronounced croissant. You know, like stuff like that. Just the absolutely insufferable person who just had a European vacation. Don't call me out. As a a Canadian who who corrects everyone's pronunciation of Putin, do not call me out like this. Okay, but you're actually Canadian. You're actually from there. And like, and for me, and like, and I know for me, I'm I'm like a parrot. I will take on the enunciation of all kinds of things from th- like from people around me, and I understand that. But like, it took it takes everything in my being to not do those kinds of things or correct people on pronunciation unless it's Spanish. Um, hey Zoe, and- what'd you bring for lunch? Is that uh, noodles with tomato sauce? Actually, it's spaghetti marinara. Spaghetti marinara. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, and that's what she would of- do. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and that seems to be like the angle they were going with Zoe, and it seemed kind of funny at first, but then it was just kind of like nobody likes her because she's, she's mean. And like, no, she's, she's so mean, mean. But nobody and nobody pointed out that, or she never really came to the realization of like, huh, maybe I should be a little more open to the people around me and show people more kindness. And no, she didn't yeah. do that. She was just like, no, it's the children be- who are wrong. It's yeah, basically. <laughs> So, Meg, I don't know if you watched the the OVA for this season. It's a bit hard to find, but like it, the OVA literally opens with her singing that one like Italian song, the one that I only know is the Spider Man Two Pizza theme. Funiculi, funicula. Yeah, that one. And like passing away. Okay. It is so ridiculous how the literally the only like character trait they can think of for her is Italian and woman. That's it. It's like the and it's so su- and it sucks because like at least in the previous Digimon series there were other girls around, but yeah. like but yeah, like the whole the whole it it's just the the representation of her being the only girl in pretty much for ninety percent of the series. So they had to place every single personality trait of girl character in this one child. Yeah, yeah, it's, and like the only. And the and only fights mess? she's allowed to win are the ones against Ranamon, the designated woman villain as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, we love, oh, we love woman on woman violence in our anime because only <laughs> one girl can be the favorite. Yeah. 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 I've it's, seen it, that it, too much. It's such a, uh, like, shock to come to this show after, like, before we came to Frontier, we had, um, you know, in Adventure, we had Sora and Mimi uh, and mm-hmm. Kari, and they were all pretty... Mimi and Kari are very good characters. Um, mm-hmm. Sora's also that. Um, Sora, but that was like, Sora, that was like Sora our biggest... is just like wasted by Toei because there's a lot of potential there. I will give her that. Yeah. There is a lot of potential in her conflicts, but Toei wasted. So, yeah, there, that is so, leagues above Zoe. So, okay, so continue. That was the thing. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that the leagues above, relatively speaking, even though we would... We made a fair bit of fun about Sora just was kind of being there, like not really doing anything. But she was she was the only character in Adventure that really you could say that about. All the others had at least you know fun personalities and so on. Was Sora kind of lacked that um, after a point anyway? Um, but to come from that, and then obviously we went through Utsu, which had Yole, and she's a fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, we had oh, my um, queen, <laughs> <laughs> my legend. favorite. Um, and then we had Rika, of course, in Tamers, who is mm-hmm. a stand- standout character, and Jerry as well. 
and then to come to this, it's like it's almost like they realised they were, they got through almost three seasons without too much misogyny, I guess, and they were like, "Shit, we need to make up for lost time." Like, what? What, what exactly? Turning, is... turning them, turning a big dial level misogyny further and further up, and looking back at the audience for approval yeah. until until the audience. <laughs> Until the audience tunes out entirely, which I guess yeah, is exactly I, what happens. So there we go. So I, we're we're getting a bit in the weeds here because I, I did want to kind of go through, like, do a formal run through of every character. Um, Absolutely. But like, it is notable to mention Zoe is the first character, like the first character in in Digimon franchise history to lose her first battle. That's like you know series tradition. Every character their their first fight is their their oh, focus yeah. battle like they they get the chance to to flex their stuff a bit and like you know usually their partner gets a new evolution or in this case she gets her spirit for the first time mm-hmm. um uh yes pastel goth bondage queen mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like a lingerie fairy because because woman um <laughs> because kids show <laughs> <laughs> you know for yeah. kids yeah but exactly. um yeah, but like she's denied that. She doesn't she doesn't get to win her first fight. She loses it. And not only does she lose it, but afterwards Takuya says, See, this is why women can't be Digimon. And it's like, was this written by Shinzo Goddamn Abe? Like, holy shit. <laughs> no, I, actually oh, no. if I was gonna say something about Shinzo Abe if this was written by him, but I do not want to go like to that like horrible of a thing. It, so. it doesn't matter, Sloan. He got okay, his back dead. blown out and he's gone now. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was we, gonna we, say of like the, the we context never talk of about... what it would be with Zoe, it would be more depressing as opposed to Shinzo Abe himself. We never <laughs> talk about uh, we never bad. talk about politically motivated tragedies on this show. Certainly not. Um, no, that, that never. Also, happens. let's not forget that her first battle with Sloan, the um, don't say, spirit. Don't say. Let's not forget right after that. <laughs> You're playing into it too much. I'm gonna oh, forget no. immediately. <laughs> hey, producer, can we fire Tom now? <laughs> I just got oh, the word we're firing Tom. I was, I was looking forward to save this for so long. No, oh, you're out. I'm out. Oh, like, Bye. Uh, Zephyrmon doesn't even win her first fight. She, like, stalemates with Kalmaramon. Yeah. She's yeah. zero for two. Kalmaramon, who got, like, completely owned the other day on Ghost Games. So, like, you know, not. That was, like, a month ago. You're, you're behind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The other day. Over day, what? The other the day sky. could be the other day or several years ago. Yeah. yeah, listen, it's like it's like the phrase a hot minute. A hot minute can be yeah. two seconds or it can be a year. <laughs> it was nearly two months ago. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Let's move on. Anyway, let's do a little let's do a little formal run through of our, our cast of, of knuckleheads. Um Chuckleheads for this season. Knuckleheads so, is too nice. Chuckleheads, sorry. <laughs> So it's okay. For okay, so for for this season, our leading man is uh, Takuya. He is voiced by Michael Rise in the dub and Junko Takeuchi in one of her first big roles in the sub. Uh, Michael Rise, of course, is the voice of Matt from Adventure. Um, he is like you know the, the wielder of the Spirit of Fire. He gets most of the the focus for better or for worse <laughs> as the series goes on, um, and. Is like generally like he doesn't have a lot of personality traits other than he is the leader type. He kind of goes through a crisis of confidence halfway through the season, um, which is instantly resolved. And then his only real character development from then on is um, having empathy for creatures that aren't people. I guess you could say. I feel the- like his only development is I'm a good quarterback now. Yeah. <laughs> he he, he um, also has a thing of like he goes through that crisis of confidence like three other times at the end of the series, like when he yeah. should be over it. 
Yeah, um, we'll get into that more in a little bit. He is the dude who would who would try to relive his uh, glory days of high school. You're so right. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like he's pretty much like when I first saw him. Even when I first saw um, as a kid, I thought like, oh, they changed Ty's design. (laughs) (laughs) like oh is ty different now and they're like i just like the more i watch them like this is bootleg ty i don't like him Uh, mina mina are you looking to run through everyone just briefly and then we'll get into the meat of it or or are we yeah yeah i just i just just there there are some people who who listen to these recaps or retrospectives that don't listen to the rest of the season so i'm just doing a bit of table setting for for those people because we value you (laughs) coach ty then (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. So we have our second golden golden boy, uh, Koji. He is voiced by uh, Steve Staley in the dub and Hiroshi Kamiya in the sub. Uh, Steve Staley, of course, returning from uh, Rio and Tamers. He's a personal favorite voice actor of mine, just because he's done a lot of Gundam stuff, and I'm a huge nerd for Gundam. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so he's like our, our cool. He's our Matt for this season. Ironic because Matt's voice actor plays the lead in this one. Yeah, um, I just you know, saw that the, too, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's the lupine supporting uh, character. He's very you know lonesome and and cool. Uh, he wears a bandana, so you know he's serious. Lupine, um, ain't that that I'm... thief from the Japanese anime? No, <laughs> don't engage, don't engage. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure some promo or actually is him a toothpick as well, just just to show how cool he is. <laughs> oh my god, I um... hate that. That's so edgy. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so he is, he, uh, he is our secondary main character. Um, his, pre- his, most of his development comes in relation to an- another character that we'll talk about in a second. Um, other than that, he kind of learns to be less of a stuck up bitch <laughs> as the series goes on. <laughs> he learns to cooperate and um, not insult women. So that's good. Um, next up, we, we've already minced many words about this character, but uh, we've got Zoe, who's called Boo. Izumi in the Japanese version. Uh, she's voiced by Michelle Ruff in the dub. Um, she did Lotmon in Tamers, and will go on to do Sparrowmon in, in Fusion, which uh, we will not reach for several years at this rate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's just generally like a very well-known voice actor. Like she was Yukari in Persona Three. Um, she was the voice of, of Chucky in a couple of the Child's Play movies, which I thought was kind of cool. She's wow, Luna. That's... Yeah, she's Luna as well. Luna Sailor Moon. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah very, very prolific, very prolific voice actor, um, degrading herself in one of the worst roles of all time. Listen uh, again, sometimes you just gotta make money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, she's like, it does seem like she has a personal connection with this franchise, considering how many times she keeps coming back. You can, you can tell mm-hmm. if a voice actor has a passion for Digimon if they're a one and done, or if they return to it later, because like, yeah. By all accounts, th- these are not jobs that paid very well. So most of the actors who did it just did it for the passion of it, rather than for you know, a, a big payout or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in Japanese, she's voiced by Sawa Ishige. Um, and yeah, we have, she is terrible and awful, and we'll talk about her more later, I'm very sure. Um, next up, we've got JP, who is called Junpei in the Japanese version. Um, he is voiced by Steve Bloom in the dub, you know, re- returning... Um, <laughs> yeah, returning yeah. Digimon superstar. Um, he was the voice of... He got his start in um, Digimon in Zero Two, when he voiced Black War Greymon, uh, as well as a number of Digimon of the Week. Um, and then he got promoted to one of the showrunners in Tamers, where he was the lead dub writer, as well as the voice of both Gilmon and Yamaki, who are, like, major, major characters in that show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and, and Kazu. 
Or Kenta, whichever and, one it was. Right, of and course, Kenta. he voiced Kenta as well. How, yeah, how could I forgot? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> favorite. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see how he was kind of the showrunner of um, of Tamers. Like he wrote the most episodes. He was the uh, the co voice director. Um, the Tamers dub was kind of his baby, and his his deft touch is definitely um, missed in this season. In this season, as far as some of the writing choices go. Yeah. In Japanese, he's voiced by um, Masato Amada, um, and who voices him generally in a, a little bit more of like a dopey, happy way, whereas Bloom is kind of snarkier. Chip has you know, depression. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the, the general Attracts. tone of the dub is much snarkier than the sub, but I thought it was... That's it was him the... in the corner. That's him in the spotlight. Losing, <laughs> his, losing religion. his religion. Losing his <laughs> Um... <sighs> All right, next up we've got um, Tommy, who in the original sub is called Tomoki. Uh, he is voiced by Brian S- uh, Sedal in the dub, who previously voiced Kalumon in uh, Tamers and will voice a character named Keenan in Sabres slash Data Squad. Um, I got beef with that role. I-, I love Sabres. I got beef with how she voices Keenan in that, so we'll get to that later. We'll get to uh, that. Uh, in Japanese, uh, Tomoki is voiced by Kubiko Watanabe, um, who is the voice of, probably you remember, is the voice of Sar- uh, Sergeant Frog. Was probably like her biggest role. I, I, she's, okay. Oh my uh, god. Kiraro in that show. I love. I love her voice. Is that? Um, oh wow. And later on, she's going to voice Gumdramon in um, Cross Wars slash Fusion uh, Young Hunters Who Leapt Through Time, which is a really bad season, and I'm not looking forward to that. So is it um, worse than Frontier? Uh, it's, it's not because there's less of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, yes. wait. I have, only... I have breaking news from Wikipedia. Kumiko Watanabe is the voice of Klonoa. Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah, that's true. That's good. That's that's some good casting. Yeah. Wahoo. Tommy remains she, best boy. She does <laughs> she does like little kid voices really well. Um, yeah. but yeah. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, I'm just saying like it felt like in this as soon as I heard uh well that's the that's the as soon as I heard Tommy open his mouth, the only thing I could think of was the little brother from Ghost Stories. Oh because it felt like yeah, half I the time you... he was just like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're like totally him. right, yeah. And I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> as soon as he starts talking. I've always felt uh, like Ghost Story, the Ghost Stories dub felt like um, like a weird distant cousin of the Digimon dubs. Um, take that as you will. It's just, That's probably you know, why I like it. <laughs> there's a similar energy there. Uh, thankfully, the Digimon dub is far less racist. Uh, yes. But, you know, there is, uh, and, and all the other things. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's, there's vibes. There's a vibe overlap there. Definitely uh, a vibe there. <laughs> yeah. um, so up next, we've got um, the aforementioned character who is the catalyst for most of the development that Koji gets across this series. His twin brother, Koichi, um, voiced by Crispin Freeman in the dub, um, as we discussed before. He's uh, Winston Overwatch, as well as being like Itachi from Naruto. He will go on to be... Um, Thomas, one of the three leads in Savers slash Data Squad. Um, I think a lot of old school anime fans probably know him as Kion from uh, Haruhi Suzumiya. Um, and in Japanese, he's voiced by Kenichi Suzumura, who is another Gundam superstar, along with Steve Staley from before. He was the main character of uh, Mobile Suit uh, Gundam Seed Destiny, which is a shit-ass season, but like he, he gives a good performance in it. Um, <laughs> he does his he best. Is, he does his best, yeah. He's uh, Hikaru in Oran High School Host Club. Speaking of series that have not aged particularly well. No. <laughs> um, 
and he was the lead of um, Prince of Tennis. So he's got some, you know, he's got some some clout playing, um, you know, pretty boys and, and stoic characters, which lends itself well to a lot of Koichi's deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then rounding out our main cast, we have the comedic relief duo of Bokemon and Namon. Bokemon is voiced by Brian Beacock in the dub. He previously voiced Takato and will go on to voice Agumon in Savers. Um, the fake in Japanese, the, the he's voiced prophet. by... Sorry? The false prophet. <laughs> the false prophet. You will, you will come to like him, I promise. He's, I'm he's sure. Fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm I will, sh- but there's only one Agumon in my heart. I, I don't know. You'll, I think you'll like him. I need to, he, I need, this is the one with the little, this is the one he's got, he's got accessories. Yeah, he's, he's got little hand guards. Sure he, he, calls his, he calls his partner Aniki. It's so cute. Aww. Aww. I can go, um, like, I'm sure it's fine. It was just like, yeah, when I was like, what, 11 <laughs> years old or something like that, I looked at him like, no, not the same. See, that's, see, that's kind of how I feel. This is a tangent. That's kind of how I feel about um, hearing Ben Diskin's voice for Agumon in the, the dub of Adventure 2020. They, they've yeah. only previewed oh, it so yeah. far, but it just feels wrong. It yeah. feels weird. Because <laughs> that's supposed to be the same Agumon. Like, it's, it's, it's just rebooted. <sighs> Anyway, we're getting lost in the weeds of it here again. Yeah, I was like, um, I can take us in a whole other rabbit hole, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bokumon, voiced by Ryan Beacock in the dub. Um, Kazuko Sugiyama in the sub. Um, he played uh, Dante in Full Metal Alchemist. Um, and he... It's interesting, because they go different directions while keeping the spirit the same. Uh, Beacock gives them like the, the very posh, um, upper-class British accent. Whereas... Um, Sugiyama gives him more of a like a like an old man kind of voice, like a wise old man, which both of which are very funny contrasts with how tiny and and um, cute he looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for Naemon, we've got Michael Sorich in the dub. Uh, he is a ton of Digivolt forms in Adventure and Adventure Zero Two. Listing them all will be very difficult, but like if if a Digimon's voice changed when it Digivolved in the first two seasons, he was probably responsible for the <laughs> voice that uh, it got. Right. He was like Metal Greymon and Akakumon, and like he 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 could voice a ton of different characters in that season. Uh, and in Japanese, he's played by Masami Kikuchi, um, who also, <laughs> geez, looking at this has has far too many roles to list from Digimon alone. Um, so two two different um, you know Digimon veterans. Um, they also have a bit of a difference in voicing him. Uh, Sorich's is more kind of like a, a stooge. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, classic, um, fun-loving idiot voice. Whereas Kikuchi um, goes with, like, the Osaka stereotype. So, like, kind of, mm. kind of like, a, like a, a country drawl and a very deep voice compared to what oh Sorich gives him. So what? So what so, yeah. <laughs> someone, someone, I, I need to commission someone to draw a name on as uh, Majime uh, right now. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's gonna... Oh, that's incredible. That would, I'll do that it. would be excellent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do it, yeah. Commission oh, yeah, I'll do it. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah there's there's our cast for the season um you know they're we'll we'll call them a mixed bag to be very polite mm-hmm. well so yeah they're, they're, they're like i don't know pokemon and name on the pretty cool Namon's the real MVP of this whole series, honestly. Like anytime yeah. Namon said something, I'm like, you're right, Namon. <laughs> so true, Oofy. The only correct so one if- here. We for for those who who didn't listen to the the rest of the season, they're just listening to this one. Uh, every episode, we tried to do a positivity corner because we didn't want to overwhelm um, our thoughts on this series with negativity. And I would say that Pokemon and Amon <laughs> are the MVPs of the positivity corner because they have by far the most mentions in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Yeah, if like, we couldn't find, if if like all three of us couldn't find like a moment in the episode, like other than uh, a Pokemon and Minamo moment, uh, you know, we would always have one of those to fall back on, at least to one of us. Yeah. So we we did manage to make it through the show without uh, anyone really flubbing the positivity corner or like you know skipping it entirely. From what I remember, uh, but yeah, there was it was. I think we would have certainly had to have done that on a couple of occasions, if not for Pokemon and Namon. Just uh, just some really good solid work, mostly from Pokemon. To be honest, I think he's the, he's the MVP personally. Um, he's uh, I'm I'm always a yeah, fan yeah, of the your, like. That's your that's your British bias showing, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you like exactly. This? It's so funny because it's like it's such a fake British accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I like I like the like uh, he he's just uptight and it's hilarious considering the like company he's keeping of just mm-hmm. the absolute brats um, and like him having to deal with this uh, is is very fun and, and the yeah, dub, I, the dub actors clearly know this is this is their. Uh, this is their diamond in the rough with this show is is Pokemon and having to have fun with him. Uh, oh yeah, getting to do whatever the hell they want really. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty much any time, any time, like an episode just kind of dragged of like the kids crying about something. I'm just like, what's Pokemon and Namon doing? <laughs> and like, sure enough, it would change to them. We're like, ah, oh, good. And Pokemon was really was just so good at the lore dumping because so much of what was happening didn't make sense. So I would really appreciate it as a viewer who, who they would just cut to Pokemon. Usually from a storytelling standpoint, this is a big no-no, but I was just like, oh, thank God Pokemon's explaining what's happening because I don't know what the hell yeah. is happening. And from a from a utilitarian standpoint thank as well, being here, like, giving, giving them an in-universe reason to have like literally a character with a book who can explain new Digimon and whatever is really smart. Like yeah. previous previous seasons would just cut away to a narrator, you know, telling you what a Digimon can do, and they still do have that sometimes. Um, with you know Mary McGlynn, who's the voice of Ophanimon, and and also the the voice director of this season, mm-hmm. who occasionally does chime in and be like, "Hey, here's here's what this Digimon do." But, or the voice actor but, for Tail for or for Taylor Gatomon in the English dub. So the entire series, I'm just like, "Oh my god, is she gonna show up?" And she never does. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's, it, Everything is suffering. Salamon's at the end there, but um, yeah, we I, I, we got Nefertimon at the end, and that was cool. Yeah, that I like yeah. Nefertimon. Yeah, that, 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 that was cool. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the choice to have Pokemon and uh, well, I guess Pokemon really there is interesting because it's it's clear that they wanted to differentiate it from like the previous adventure show where you had the character the kids thrown into the digital world and they just had to figure everything out on their own. Uh, and they clearly thought, well, we don't want to do that necessarily over again. So let's have give them like a guide or whatever. Like Pokemon's fun because he's basically like he's like the Pokedex and the and like Jedi rolled into mm-hmm. one. But like he gets to have fun, and he's obviously the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, and because he's not actually plot critical per se, they can mm-hmm. you know they don't need to like worry too much about his like character development turns out they weren't caring much about character development in uh, for any of the characters but you know that there we go <laughs> nonetheless pokemon <laughs> benefits from i don't know he's he's just a fun presence to have around um, because of think, dad mom super proud of him yeah, yeah. also breaking lots of gender parents. norms yes. breaking, breaking gender norms in 2002 that aged, that aged far better than it might have done <laughs> probably was intended as like a joke or something like that back in knowing early 2000s or remembering early 2000s humor and then we just look at this now we're like oh hell yeah pokemon <laughs> we stand <laughs> <up> <laughs> Darren. 
it, yeah, it's like exactly. actually it's actually presented like a really sweet of like his relationship with Padamon and him being like Papa Mom, which yeah. is the cutest thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The like when they actually fall and embrace that, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, they could have made a joke out of it, and like everyone would be like, "Oh, you're a mom. That's like a girl. Ah, That's like but a then, girl, like, like really Zoe." <laughs> yeah, the joke. I mean, God, can it you is, can it you is... imagine the can you imagine the dark timeline where they give the egg to Zoe instead? Because hey, you're a woman. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm very thick. Oh my god. Yeah. I, oh man, like I'm really glad we didn't do that. <laughs> they're basically one step away from there already. They were, but thankfully, <laughs> thankfully it didn't happen. The Pokemon. The Pokemon stuff—it's funny because it is still a joke, but like the it's like it was written as a joke, and the and the joke is, Pokemon is so uptight, and yet he's able to like you know by the end he's in like tears every time Patamon like does a funny thing. Like he's basically the equivalent of like the like mums on Instagram posting pictures of the kids like look at him doing this thing, and it's like the most <laughs> mundane thing in the world. But you know it's it's yeah. just like yeah exists. It, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, it's, it's exactly that kind of thing, and it's fun for his character to suddenly turn into that. It's great, and that's the joke. Like it, it's the, even in the dub, it could have been a hot thing of like, there's not much jokes, like gender related jokes in the Japanese script. But when it came over to the West, they decided to add a bunch in. That didn't happen either. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's quite nice uh, in that sense because uh, the rest of the show, when it comes to you know gender and roles of such and so on uh it's fucking awful uh so you know like <laughs> it's nice that that at least pokemon is fairly uh um blem- without blemish uh which is which is nice very nice yes so do we do we want to talk about our our villains for the first arc and i use arc in quotation marks because it's more like several arcs that are stretched out across half the show can i just Would like... you mind if i can i talk about the 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 the, the goon squad yeah, go for it. Yes. Oh, no. Okay, so we have our... The heroes are the good legendary warriors. We have some evil legendary <laughs> warriors. <laughs> so first up, we have Grumblemon. Uh, he's this sort of like... He's a little like Smeagol type. He's a little like a little goblin did, man. He's yeah, how did you describe him as the shitty goblin over and over yeah. again? Yeah. Like he's kind of like like a bad Smurf or something. Like basically <laughs> something small and like not that intelligent. Like you can just ascribe that to Grumblemon. He is said to be brutish yet cunning. He's not really cunning. He's more of just like a brute who speaks at least in the dub. And like Smeagol talk, he's the legendary spirit of Earth. And the dub, he is voiced by Derek Stephen Prince. We all know him for roles like Demi Devimon and Digitamamon in Adventure in Zero Two, and Kenichi Joji especially, my boy Ken. I'm sorry, but I also just got to say Beelzema, my, my boy. Yeah. Beelzema and I'm yeah. just like, my as soon favorite. as I saw him, I'm like, ah, maybe. High five, high five. My yes. favorite, I love him. You are not getting through this without mentioning it, Mom. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I almost it's, forgot. It's also Look, boy, I, I love boy. Yeah. Look, I, I'm, I, I, uh, Alright, so when you were on this I'm podcast just... with two Imon fangirls, how dare you leave him off? <laughs> I, I, yeah, who? Uh, look, my brain don't work. Uh, he's voiced in the sub by Tomohiro Nishimura. Um, this was like one of his only Digimon roles. I don't really know. Like, I'm trying to look at Mina. Do you know who? Who? What? What? What he else he did? To, uh, Tomohiro Ishimura. Uh, Nishimura. Nishimura. Did he do a Gundam? Um, if he was in Gundam, I would know. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was asking. My, let me rack my brain real hard. I don't think he was. Um, 
There's a lot of Gundam. So <laughs> there listen, do do not do not underestimate my knowledge of Gundam. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Fair enough. Um <laughs> Let me see. Hey, I knew so he was in Berserk, he was Corcus in that. He was like the the, the asshole character in okay. um in the series. He he was um Professor Elm? No, not Elm. The the professor from from Pokemon uh, Generation Three from Ruby and Sapphire. Birch. Birch. Oh, that's it. Birch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was he was Professor Birch. I'm, I'm embarrassing myself because I literally have a Pokemon as, as my username. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yours is from a later generation. He did a dubbing role of Dave Chappelle's character in The Nutty Professor. Excuse me. <laughs> Moving Reggie, on. Reggie Warrington in live action dubbing role for The Nutty Professor. Good professor job. Even. You've you made me think about that film for the first time in 15 years. So well You don't think about the Hercules, that the dinner table scene? I've like not, I've not seen the film. Dinner table scene. But, uh, you know. <laughs> okay. Know. He, he also played a character in, in Kaiji, which is one of my personal favorite anime. Okay, um, I think I remember you mentioning is that Kaiji. Masaki, yeah, is, it, it's, is that Masaki Yuasa film? Uh, or show even? Um, it's it's the one about the like the the guy who's who has to keep fucking himself up in really dangerous bets okay in no. order to get out of uh, <laughs> not what of, i was uh, thinking of no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah it's it's great i would if you're listening to this right now go watch kaiji it's it's available um on blu-ray in its entirety if you want to avoid supporting crunchyroll because of some of the the stuff they've been doing lately hmm. <laughs> next up we have Ranamon, who is the water warrior, and she is the girl. Um, everybody loves Ranamon because she's pretty, and then when she's ugly, she is super evil, and nobody likes her. Yes, and she it's literally is. just like hardly anything changed. She just has a squid butt, and it's just she like just okay. be- she just becomes squid mommy, which I think is a better form. Oh yeah, I thought that was pretty great. Personal biases yeah. aside, yeah, people, if, people with taste like that form better. If Zoe is cap- if Zoe has to be capital G girl. Then Ranamon is like a capital W uh, woman. Woman, <laughs> yeah. But like, capital like a female. Like, like they make a point. Females. <laughs> it just, it just feels like that old trope of like, oh, she appears to be over, <laughs> I don't know, let's say twenty five. So therefore, she is a decrepit old hag who is no longer attractive. I know. Yeah. It's... Mer- Mercury Mon voice. Thou meddlesome females. <laughs> meddlesome females. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that is typically a yeah a trope in a lot of um, 80s, 90s, early 2000s uh, cartoons in general. Where if it's anybody but the young pretty girl, um, yeah, she's always has to be like she's super a, a evil, total bitch, hag, horrible hag. You know, we get remnants of Jesse Pokemon, and um, just remembering why Princess Celestia, My Little Pony, was never called Princess Celestia because of the negative connotations with Queen, or she was never called Queen Celestia because of the ne- negative connotations associated with Queen. That's really weird. And it I'm guessing you don't stupid. mean like colonialism and imperialism. No, not that part. <laughs> just the fact that she's old and queens are evil. It's just like I hate this. I hate everything about this. I don't know. I feel. I feel like there was one queen uh, recently that I feel like. <laughs> Maybe no, you know what? No, no, we don't need to get into no, that. No, no, finish, you... finish it. No, you start. You st- you started it, Tom. <laughs> finish, finish your thought. You're, listen, no. you're, you're British. You can say it. It's okay. Yeah. I, can, <laughs> I can say it. Uh, well, let's but let's move on. Let's move on. Like just like okay. she did. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, really. 
got him. Listen, you, you say you're saying let's move on, let's pass on. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's all say pass on. <laughs> there we go. Let's pass Autumn on this GG. conversation. Yeah. But and yeah, and was... huh? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just saying I, we're gonna. Well, if you discuss her voice actors, I would discuss the voice choices that they made for Ranamon that just graded me a lot. They certainly are choices. Southern Belle. She was voiced by. Peggy O'Neill, who we remember from Zero Two as June Motomiya, Davis's sister, in Tamers as Susie Wong, the pinnacle of incredible characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfection. You're, you're, you're asking me to punch you, aren't you? I can't believe they just gave her just like generic Chinese name. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just letting yeah. her have her name. And then we have, she also voiced Alice in Virtue's Last Reward for all my Zero Escape heads. <laughs> cool. No. Peggy yeah. O'Neill didn't voice Alice. That was that was um, Tara Platt. Hey, I'm I'm going by what by what Wikipedia says. No, there's, there's, it, was, it was Tara Platt for sure. I'm I'm <laughs> I've played that game so many times. One second. I have it on. I have behind the voice actors up, and they're saying that she was also this Alice character who's very cute. Tara Platt or or Peggy O'Neill. Peggy O'Neill. Okay, Wikipedia is telling me it was Tara Platt. What's what is the truth? Peggy O'Neill's DM Wikipedia her. page. DM her right now. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going. Gotta <laughs> gotta beat the game again and then go look at the credits. Yeah, there go we go play the whole entire game. Okay, from we'll what it's worth, the Jap- the the official Zero Escape wiki does credit Tara Platt as the voice as well. Okay, I wonder if it changed. Interesting. Mina's in denial about uh, Susie Wong being in a Zero Escape game. I am. I like I like Tara Platt's voice. That's Mitsuru. <laughs> She's got a very pleasing voice. Yeah. Okay, anyway. so for the sub, we have she is voiced by Haruhi Nanao, who voiced Pumpkin Mont in Adventure, and Ooh. very yeah. notably, uh, Mai Kujaku in Yu Gi Oh, aka My Valentine. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's super cool, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I like that. The, that's, that's the original vibe. girl boss. The, the original girl boss. <laughs> Let's talk about your favorite next... member of the Goon Squad, Sloane. Well, I the next two are both my favorite members. So. Okay, okay. I was thinking of uh, Arbormon in particular. Arbormon, we got my boy, Warrior of Wood. He Arbormon. is just an absolute <laughs> Dorcas. He's he's voiced like a like a Brooklyn Brooklyn mafioso kind of deal. Batman henchman. We, we, yeah, we, uh, he's, yeah, he's he, the he's, quintessential. He's a henchman. Yes, yes. Where to yeah, bat. He's, he's, the, he's the dude who'd be yelling, it's to bat in every single Arkham game it's when you when you're up into an area. Oh, yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed Arbormon just every second, uh, like every second that there was like even a split second of quiet. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dumb idiot son, I love him. He just kind of sucks. In, too. In, in, in in the subtitles, it just says uh, "grunts in Boston." <laughs> Boston. Oh, well, no, says... we don't know. We don't know if he's racist. We can't say that. Okay. It just right. says Tim Allen noises. Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you if you're gonna add in Winston Overwatch over Koichi, then we need to add in um, <laughs> Tim Allen noises over Arbormon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the biggest shit post redub of this series. Uh, uh, we got a YouTube hit <laughs> on our hands if we do this. We do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, someone someone dubbed over all of Sharaznable from from Gundam with with Tim Allen. I think we can make this work. <laughs> oh no! He so, was yeah, we, we can save us, do this. Save us with the voice actors. <laughs> okay. 
voiced in the dub by Richard Cancino, who voiced Piximon in Adventure. Ooh, and... I mean Picklemon, excuse me. Pic... My mistake, yes. Picklemon. Sloan, cut that out. <laughs> uh, he also voiced... Um, I'm trying to... Trying to look at this, see what other notable roles he had. I see Not Kenshin, a... which isn't great, oh, but no. they didn't know then. He was yeah. in Zatch Bell, they, they show that has frequently time. been brought up recently yes. on the podcast. Zatch Bell, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was rules, Lance. Okay? It, okay. I'm not I saying anything bad about it. I know I just said go watch Kaiji, but also go watch Zatch Bell. <laughs> I'm just saying you, it's been brought up If you recently. like Digimon, I guarantee you will like Zatch Bell. It's like the same vein of show. Good. He, he voiced Hayato Kobayashi in the Mobile Suit Gundam movie trilogy. Oh, that's cool. Hayato's a cool character. And then finally, for our Goon Squad, we have Mercurymon. He is... Oh, where to start with this absolute Chad among Chads? It's he, just holy moly. Oh my god. He's goodness. so dramatic. He's, a, he's, a, <laughs> he's doing his Shakespeare thing. He is just hamming it up. He is incredible. Love this dude. He is the, the this warrior of steel. He is voiced in the dub by Darren Norris. This was his only Digimon role, but you'll probably know him best as Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents. I was about to say, it's like, that's Cosmo Fairly Odd Parents. That's Cosmo <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents. He, he was also he's also the dad in that, right? I, yes. Yeah. It's okay. That's one of my cultural blind spots because I didn't actually have like TV when that was airing. Um, like I, I was only able to watch Digimon like through VHSs that my cousin recorded for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those shows that like I've I've never seen, but I feel like I have seen because there's a shit ton of memes about it. <laughs> you probably have, but it's okay. Don't give Butch Hartman anything. No, yeah, I'll, I'll, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good point. Good point. But yeah, from from what I've seen from like the you know all of the if I had one memes and whatever, it it seems like it's the exact same voice he uses for the dad, just with a Shakespearean uh, twinge to it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. He's he, he absolute like incredible voice work from a dude who just came to get his Digimon paycheck and left. Um, in the sub, he was voiced by Yasunori Masutani, who voiced Edamon in Adventure. Hmm. Everybody loves Edamon. Yeah, <laughs> he voiced yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of characters yeah. in One Piece, and he voiced um, he voices Raphael in Soul Calibur. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love the Ninja and Turtles. He's, he's in a lot of Dynasty <laughs> Warrior games, so I saw that he's uh, he's in Mercury Man's Infusion as well, and voiced by Liam O'Brien. <laughs> so that's uh, non-canon Mercury Man. Interesting. No, you know what? Liam O'Brien played Vice in in Nier. I can see him. I, I can see it. He has the range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I guess we'll great. find out. He's great. I can, he's, he's great, going. but yeah. hashtag not my Mercury Man. <laughs> no, not yet. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes, I I think Mercurymon. Okay, I wish these were good characters because I, I like Grumblemon and Ranamon. Less so. I've, I I'm, I am fully commit to them being terrible. But with Mercurymon, he's just such a sassy guy, and it's like you can this... say a bitch, Tom. It's okay. I don't know. I don't know. We can make uh, swears <laughs> here. It's okay. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. you only get one swear per episode. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, we all give you permission to say bitch. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, he's such a sassy bitch. He is. There you go. There you go. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. yeah, and, I love and, it's, him. and it's just <laughs> like if he was given <laughs> motivations or like some sort of ulterior motives or something like that, it could really they could really lean into his like 
because uh, he's it feels like he's plotting and all this all the time when yeah. the performance he's a, he's a schemer yeah the performance leans into it and all that and he but he's not really doing much of anything like even though that's he's true. like that's <laughs> true yeah that's true we never knew what his like actual thing was yeah exactly he didn't he's really just... have a plan at no, the end he of the didn't. day he's just like and and it's so funny because like he could have just wanted to fuck shit up just just for funsies but it seemed yeah. like he was very yeah you're right because like it didn't seem like a lot of the characters, because usually when character, like a lot of characters and the villains, they all have their own ulterior motives and stuff like that. And Mercury Ron was definitely being set up as that character. And then when it came time to find out what it was, they were just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, here like, for- we- He's here for true, but on the end. It's like, what? We- yeah, like we-, we spend six episodes in his stomach and we still don't understand what he wants at the end of, at yes, the end of it all. Yeah, right. it-, it feels like, you know, we... we- the the most like fun underhanded thing he does is when he manages to like take the data for Seraphimon and become uh, Shadow Seraphimon, and that's kind of like a fun moment in in a kind of cool way. But mm-hmm. it's not like it serves a purpose in terms of you know he's not really attempting or doesn't attempt rather I suppose to like overthrow Trubimon or anything like that. He's sh- he, he's never seen he's never really portrayed or shown as anything more than like both. Uh, like taciturn, I suppose. Like he's, you know, even at the end, um, when he's like in Sakaku, uh, mon mode, and he's just like raging against the chuckleheads. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not like he's thinking, "Oh shit, well I lost Mercury Mon, but you know I can still do stuff or whatever." No, he's just like he just seems to want to kill the kill the chuckleheads, I guess, and that's about it. Like. It seems like a waste of the personality that he's given. <laughs> motivation, fuck these kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Reasonable, <laughs> understandable. But, I mean, that's uh, everybody's motivation. Motivation, fuck these kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, but like, it just seems like he—he's—he's he's like talking shit to the other members of the Goon Squad, and it's like, oh, the why is this happening? If not like to some purpose, at least like Arbomon's like a clearly like literal henchman mon, um, and mm-hmm. then the other two are just like. So clearly selfish idiots so you don't really expect much or more of them so um i don't know it's it's kind of a shame i, I think it's just i liked the i liked the personality that they gave him and therefore yeah. i want more from him which i think he's is fun but which is what yeah. a lot of characters in this show aren't is that he's fun he's got like a, he's he's very animated he's very he's he's larger than life like yes. he is he is such a he is very bombastic, and that always shows every time he shows up on screen. And ultimately, they waste it by just sort of a having him need to job to Takuya, and then b he has no like greater like I'm going to become Shadow Seraphimon and defeat Shurubimon, and then I'll have the digital world. It's like he, he sort of gets that point, and it's like yeah. I didn't think uh, I didn't think I would get this far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also would have been funny, but there are literally, it literally, there was a lot of stuff that was happening throughout frontier where it looked like it was building somewhere and then they like forgot yeah yeah <laughs> it was like the show forgot what it was doing i was I constantly t- i was constantly told throughout this because i hadn't seen it before um at that um when something like kind of interesting happened uh i, I would i would sometimes suggest you or say something like uh i wonder if this is gonna like continue to be a thing or whatever <laughs> like i kind of mm-hmm. wasn't expecting much of it and then basically slow slow and amina would like more or less instantly be like uh don't get your don't hopes get your up. hopes up <laughs> yeah so it ain't that deep <laughs> yeah exactly um so or it's 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 surface level it's shallow uh mm-hmm. so and i'm i'm gonna make yeah. maybe in an uh a controversial proclamation 
Um, <laughs> Go on. I, I am in general not a fan of how these characters are voiced in the dub. And wow. it's not because the quality of the voice acting is bad. I would say only Grumblemon's voice is, is like really bad, which yeah. makes me sad as a big Derek, Derek Stephen Prince and, and Impmon fangirl. Um, mm-hmm. But I think... Like in pre, this isn't the only season or only like you know it's not the first or the last time that Digimon will have you know really ridiculous caricature voices for villains. But the difference is, most of the time it used those in the past. It was either for one-off characters who only appear in that week's episode, or for characters like Edamon who are supposed to be goofy and funny. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to take most of these villains seriously. And it's impossible when you know they all have gag voices and they're that they're talking with constantly. Like yeah. these these voices cannot sustain a dramatic scene, and that's it sucks because I wanna I wanna like them. I wanna you know have nice things to say about them. I like most of the voice actors involved, but it just doesn't it just doesn't fly for me. They are essentially pantomime villains, and that's fine if like that can be fun and yeah. yeah. But when you're having the characters getting absolutely owned by them nonstop, like the main characters getting owned by these pantomime villains nonstop, it doesn't really work. It's like these are villains that like you know you get like a pie in the face or whatever. Like you're not having them beat the shit out of the main characters week They're literally week like after week. beating down on these children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 ridiculous. Like I don't know, it works for Etamon or whatever where he's like spends most of the time driving around in the background and then has his like ordering around Gazimon and all that. That's 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 mm-hmm. fun. But like with these characters it's just like, hey I'm back to kick your ass again. <laughs> It's yeah, like, pretty much. Okay. It was it was just like because yeah, like the kids would just be absolutely annihilated and like on the verge of death, and then Mercury Mon just comes like, <laughs> "Thou hast been defeated!" It's like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just immediately I mean, I, messes with I, the tone of everything. I, I love Mercury Mon and Arbor Mon just because like they're so goofy, and I understand. It's like it's not like a way to do things, but I can at least in, in a series where I can't appreciate much, I can at <laughs> least appreciate like them doing something and like being sort of goofy and dumb like i can i can appreciate that at least for me personally mm-hmm. yeah yeah at least when like in o2 when you had an arc um it was the uh destiny stones arc um, no. oh, yeah. oh wait is it mystery no it is destiny stones there we go. Is it? mystery stones is what he kept calling them by accident <laughs> that's yes, right yes, i yeah. i played myself there we go i had to think about it um the Destiny Stones. At least when you had that like small arc in O2, where it was Black War Greymon kicking the kids' ass every week, it was Black War Greymon kicking the kids' ass every week. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, he was silly in like, a, you know, it's easy to make fun of him because he's basically Digimon Shadow the Hedgehog. But it's it's <laughs> like at least he's, at least he's threatening uh, in that yeah. way, uh, just based mm-hmm. on like the knowledge of he is War Greymon, but you know, a different shot, a different color. Um, I can't take Grumblemon, who looks like I don't know. He looks like Nazi propaganda drawn by Disney. Like he he doesn't oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look like it's, I can't take that seriously. He's ridiculous. He's awful. Honest so. to God, I was like a nose in my anime. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. like that. It's, it, it, Interesting it, choice. <laughs> it bothers me so much that he is both the most annoying and irritating in like. Just generally, like, viscerally unpleasant of the villains. And we pr- he's probably the one we spend the most time with overall. We yes. do. Like, and it made me thought that we would spend more time with the others, but no. No, yeah, like, well, as soon as... So, Grumblemon gets defeated, very anticlimactically, I might say. 
Yeah. Um, and then two episodes later, Arborvon's also being, you know, being jobbed. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I thought we would get to spend as much time with him as we did with Grumblemon, but I guess not. Yeah. Yeah, not not great. Um, it's... I feel like he has to stick around because they're still introducing, like, the, the various spirits or whatever. I can't think... I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that's a good reason why, but it's just, like, they felt like they had to do that work. I don't know. Yeah. I like... It was better early on when, they were, when it was more, like, classic Digimon things with, like, a Monster of the Week thing going on. Which they yeah. do, they do kind of stick to, but like they have the uh, they have the goon squad or or future villains, you know, in the mix as well, um, like the like the Royal Knights stuff at the end, um, and it's but I don't know, it, it, it's really irritating seeing the same villains over and over again, and it's not like they change either, you know, they do have their own beast spirits and stuff that like that, but it doesn't change their personalities much, you know, so yeah. And yes. yeah. I, listen, I'm not someone who cares about power scaling, but like these villains are the most inconsistent villains of, of all time. Yes. Like regarding power scaling. Like, so when Gremlin first appears, he effortlessly trashes all five of the main characters, like w- without even trying, essentially. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. And then, like, that holds true for a while until. You know, Tukui gets his beast form, and then suddenly one beast form is enough to send him running and, and you know, beat him down really hard. But then later on, like only a couple episodes later, Tukui in his beast form, plus multiple other characters in their, in their human forms, aren't good enough to beat him. But then JP getting his beast form is enough to one-shot him, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, who's, just who's make that it make one sense. infamous like, power scaler, Chris? We need to get his take on that. <laughs> 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 what does he have to say about the about the power levels of the goon squad? Yeah. Well, I think that was yeah. just something that happened with the characters in general because they just seem to be kind of all over the place on as far as what they are capable of. Yeah, the show yeah. Had, the show had no interest in like writing uh like interesting way maybe there was a couple of examples of this, but like for the most part they they, they weren't finding inventive ways to like overcome foes or anything like that or it was just like if they needed to win, they win. If they need to lose, they lose. And it was very telegraphed. Mom said it's our turn to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, basically. No better example of that in the Royal, than in the Royal Knights arc when it was like, oh, we shit, we need to end every episode with the Royal Knights winning. So uh, I guess they just show up and do a big shit and everyone like it. Just, it does just that's just how it was written, and it's so like blatant and and, and yeah, some of that happens early on as well in the in the Goon Squad arc. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not fun. I don't know. It's like every episode ends, ends the same way, unless it clearly starts as an episode that's like big things are going to happen in this one. Um, so it's yeah, it it's it's ridiculous. Um, I agree. It's no, yeah, yeah, it's totally. it's just well, it's it's hard to keep up with and hard to like. It's hard to it makes it hard to follow, and I I can understand a reasoning for wanting to do that to say like you never know what's going to happen in the next battle. But it just kind of like, if they wanted to tell a story that was a weekly episodic story where like it was something like a kind of show that would be intended for reruns and being played out of order and stuff like that, that would make sense. But it's not. Digimon has never been like that. It has always been an overarching story that continued from one episode to the other. So having these characters just straight up like level down, then level up, then level down depending on what was convenient for the plot at the time, was just 
really odd and was really hard to invest. You're kind of just kind of you're kind of just like watching things happen rather than a story taking place. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. A good way to yeah, and yeah, it it's especially frustrating the later on you get because like you're you know, you're kind of robbed the the satisfaction of getting to see these characters grow from past experiences because you just know, oh, as soon as the plot needs them to lose, they're going to start losing again. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. It, yeah, and it just, it just kind of keeps going and going and going. And I guess that's where, like, really the whole melodrama vibe comes from because it's almost like, all right, what's the point? And then you just kind of see the episode count and, like, well, they have to turn it around in the next, like, three episodes. So, you know, it's like, it's... It, it, I don't know. It's it's just it's. I just didn't find it. It was easy to just kind of let it all run together because it was there. Everything was so all over the place. Yeah, no, I, th- totally. yeah. I think I think with a lot of like uh, like battle shonen uh, anime manga stuff, there's a like it's like a sort of like a tennis game sort of like the back and forth between the heroes and the villains and like yes i think more mm-hmm. often than not the ball's going to be in the court of the villains because that's you know the heroes need to catch up but there's like a you know vegeta will get his ass kicked by the androids then he'll mm-hmm. become super saiyan uh know, and then he'll get his ass kicked then he'll be kicked their asses then he'll get his own ass kicked again and then there's a bit of time and then goku gets to do the asking it's like that whole thing it's like there's a nice back and forth there's none of that in frontier like there's you know, you'll have Takuya usually be able to overcome like uh the the one of the characters, but then almost immediately after they get their asses kicked, like after after um uh Magna Grumon and uh Emperor Greymon showed up uh, mm-hmm. for the first time, it's like yes they beat Trubimon, but then the next episode after they just got absolutely clowned on by the royal knights and it's not just it's not just me saying like oh they shouldn't have lost that kind of makes sense for them to lose it's the manner in which they portray it it's just like okay we're we're they need to lose this episode and there's just zero energy behind like writing that in a compelling or convincing fashion really like it's just that's what's that that's where we're going so let's just get there as quick as possible uh you know they stick their foot out and trip them over and then they've won the battle or something like it just feels like there's no effort like put into the actual conflicts here other which than, is like, bizarre yeah which is bizarre yeah. for a show that it's based around creatures fighting exactly yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it's, it's hard to care at a certain point i'm yeah. trying to think what this show is actually interested in and i just i i, I just have no huh. idea other i think than, yeah the the what characterizes the show the most like the most to me is it raises a lot of really interesting ideas like you have these notions of like you know tension and conflict between the human and beast digimon which like could be something that you could explore in a really like fascinating way but the show is not at all even one percent interested in exploring like you know the why there might be conflict like whether there's a gap in power dynamics how their political system works is like they touch on it so briefly with like Cherubimon bringing up how unfair it is that there's two human members on the you know the, the the divine council but only one beast member and how that obviously means they're going to favor humans and disputes over beast Digimon but they don't do anything with it not they just say Cherubimon's yeah. politics were so good he went insane. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it, he, he, Say was, that he one. was so he, he got black pilled and decided to destroy yeah. the world yeah, yeah. Basically just like, was, let's just throw it out and start again yeah like they they he needs to like, rebuild communism oh yeah like God. the story the story presents his his viewpoint as being a legitimate and and like you know 
so legitimate enough that the other two have to have to discuss it. But the next time we see him in the flashback after that, he's already rallying an army to conquer the the digital world. And it's like, wow, that escalated so fast. Like, Good for him. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah. the show is so uninterested in actually, you know, giving meaningful airtime to any of these ideas or, or concepts. No fo- like, yeah, there's no follow through. It just kind of like gets thrown out there into yeah. the void and, and then that's what, it. What that reads like to me is that the show had a really good pitch Bible. Like whoever was in charge of organizing yeah. the you know, the ideas and concepts that would become Digimon Frontier had some Mm -hmm. really great ideas. And then the team that was in charge of actually developing the show and making each episode just threw all that out the window because they weren't interested in it. And that Mm -hmm. sucks. I wish, like, I wish I could see the version of Frontier that was proposed in in that pitch Bible because I think it would would be a much better show than the one we got. Yeah. That would be interesting to see, yeah. A a lot of the ideas... A lot of the the ideas about the world building of Frontier um, feel like they're just used... Um, um, exclusively used perhaps in the OVA uh, island of Lost yeah. Digimon because that is entirely focused about the conflicts between human and beast Digimon and it's like, it feels like the um, gimmick's not the right word but like, it's like the central thing around that film, it's like the defining feature of that OVA mm-hmm. it's, that, it's, like, the, it's if, the primary conflict, yeah yeah, yeah. what if the human and Digimon uh, what the human and beast Digimon were, 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 were with each other but throughout frontier there's little bits and pieces which are like suggests that no this is just the nature of the world in general not just that one floating island and but the show has no interest in doing anything with it like the most it goes it it tries to paint like a vaguely sympathetic picture of trubimon because it knows that there's going to be like a further villain who will make trubimon you know like pale in insignificance in comparison Mm -hmm. but like it doesn't do the legwork and it really ends up with some awkward sequences where it's like wait is Ophanimon like an asshole like what's going on <laughs> like there's some really, yeah really some she is. we've been over this yeah like yeah, the, I mean, she, she loves she child conscri- soldiers she conscri- <laughs> yeah she conscripted child soldiers to fight in a proxy war and then when the child soldiers came to her for help because they didn't she didn't give them jack shit in the way of guidance no. she basically just said lol figure it out remember when she like tries to heal or like quote-unquote tries to heal Trubimon of like his corruption or whatever and then it just straight up doesn't work and she uses that as an opportunity for the kids to like sneak attack him or whatever like mug him yeah Yeah. it's like what did you do and it's like now kids kick his ass (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) it's it's like that's just 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 really unfortunately underdeveloped it's like if you're not gonna care and you just want to have like the bad guy, uh, and that's it. No shades of grey at all. Please do that. Don't like start inching your way towards like a sympathetic villain and then stop. You either go whole hog or you go no hog. I guess <laughs> like, no you, hog. No hog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just. What a what a world to live in. No hog. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the bad time life. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. That's my it's nightmare. Be- it's better than it's better than some hog. You don't you you never want like that's it's just like it's not enough. You need the whole thing. So yeah, <laughs> you, you need all you need all the hog. Uh, yeah, you need to. You can't only have you need a to, little bit of hog. You, 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 you can't drip feed the hog. You need to beat this metaphor to death like it's one of the chuckleheads um, in an average episode of Digimon Frontier. Um, Speaking uh, of being beaten to death <laughs> for Royal Knights, yeah. Uh, do you want me to? Can I? Shall I run down the row nights? Seeing as go uh, for it. Yeah, fantastic. And so, make make sure you make special mention of um, 
Crusader Mon's deal in case people were unfamiliar. So, oh God. the Royal Knights. For those unfamiliar, the Royal Knights, uh, this is their first appearance in the anime, uh, but the Royal Knights are a selection of powerful Digimon who work for a higher being uh, in the digital world. They appear in a number of shows in the franchise, uh, such as the next one we'll be covering, uh, but also in some of the games like uh, Cyber Sleuth in particular. In Frontier, however, there's only two of them. Um, and they are uh, Crusadermon. Uh, Crusadermon's uh, name in, in the uh, in Japan is Lord Nightmon. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really silly pun because Lord Nightmon is pronounced as Rodonitomon, which sounds like Rodonite, like the the material oh. that uh, their armor is made out of. Okay, oh. that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, so Crusadermon, yeah. Um, bright pink. Like I was putting into it at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Crusadermon, uh, bright pink uh, with like a yellow sort of like shield on her arm sort of thing um it's a pile bunker. I, I, i've done the thing where i said her pronouns uh which i guess are different for the dub um yes yes so oh really crusademon yeah, in so... the dub is uh female in the original crusademon is an uh as the digimon wiki puts it an effeminate male Oh my god, they pulled a suicide. I oh, you I'm can, gonna, yeah, I'm it's okay. Cry. You can call her a stereotype, Tom. <laughs> it's it is it is a blatant stereotype of a of a gay man. Like they they straight up used the word Okama at one point in the cell. Yeah, but like, yeah. It's like I'm, it's, I'm yeah, I'm flashing back to Sailor Moon where they just straight up did the same thing for Zoocyte in the English dub yeah. of the first anime, and it's like that uh-huh. happens a lot when you have anybody who's not just like full on masculine man man. <laughs> and then they just like change it in the dub because they don't want children cross-training gender. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but it's it's unfortunate here in particular because like the the sub does some pretty nasty jokes regarding like Crusader Mon's um you know perceived queerness. Can and, I just uh, ask? Can I can I ask? So it, Mina, before you get before you get too much further down that road, um, uh, uh, I just want to ask Meg, uh, Meg quickly. Mm. There's a scene in one of the Royal Knights episodes with Koji and Koichi where they're like looking at each other in like uh, I, I can't think of a way to phrase this without being a leading leading comment or question, but um, it does like the, the like the the shoujo uh, like full on boy love scene. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah so yeah, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'll say it. I don't care. Yeah, it's like a full on boy love scene. I hate it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. It's, That's my reaction. That was my reaction, and I was like, uh, "It was another one where I'm just like, stop being weird about these twelve-year-olds." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They and can't like, help it. it's in the sub. Yeah. It was. It was a joke at Crusader Mon's expense because it's like, oh, here's this you know very gay-coded character who sees any expression of of love between men as being like romantic or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's all kinds of yucky because yeah. the like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> If, I don't, I don't like just media. Let's be honest. Media in general was very, very bad at handling, you know, representation of of, of LGBT characters back then. Oh um, yeah. So and like, oops, sorry, every every you know culture has a a specific brand of nasty <laughs> that they use for their their stereotypes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, this was this was definitely an example of the Japanese one, and I think this is. A rare case where the censorship of a character's gender expression or identity in the in a, in a dub actually saves it from being more gross than it could have been. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it's like it was still very weird and uncomfortable. Um, but 
it's another one of those things where it's like because every time something like that would come up in an anime there was always an older female character it would just be like oh my god nothing like brotherly love I'm like i hate this shut up yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um but yeah definitely like it uh, now knowing what i know about crusader mon i see that it could have been much worse yeah yes if anyone listening wants a good representation of Crusader Mon, go play um, Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Crusader Mon's one really of the good. primary antagonists of that game, and in Excellent. that she is she is a woman in both versions, and she is the sassiest girl boss of all time. I adore her. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So uh, Crusader Mon is vo- <laughs> Crusader Mon is voiced. Uh, I-, I guess this would have also given the difference away, but uh, in in the Japanese uh, original, voiced by Ryotaro Okiyu, I'm butchering that name. Um, he was uh, uh he's been in a bunch of stuff uh mina uh gundam reference here uh trays <laughs> let me give me a second i need to, I need to check the key. trays gundam wing oh yeah trez yeah he's one trez. of the one of the primary antagonists yes he also is the voice of zero mega man x yes zero mega man x <laughs> and terra kingdom hearts yeah a lot of a lot of stuff here very very uh prolific, <laughs> very prolific. yes uh in the uh, in the dub uh, voiced by melody spevak um, who has done a bunch of Digimon roles, including Bergemon and Grudemon, Lady Devimon, uh, and uh, has appeared in a bunch of stuff, including Bebop and Samurai Champloo and a whole bunch of other stuff. Also, mm-hmm. apparently, in The Princess Diaries 2. Yo, Good for her. Yeah, sorry, The Princess Diaries <laughs> 2 Royal Engagement, to give it its full name. Okay, good. Yeah, you, yeah you, it's important get, you have get, the, it's important you have the subtitle as well. <laughs> we respect be... on that movie's name. Yeah, yes. I mean we we don't just say Digimon, we say Digimon Frontier. It's important. I okay, that first <laughs> film, I remember when I was younger, quite quite enjoying that. Um and it's like I went back and rewatched it recently because it's you know, it's on Disney Plus like everything else. Mm-hmm. Not very good. Does not hold up. No. <laughs> no. no. Just, don't even. Just kind of just kind of not great. No. Sorry. No, don't. No. There's better no, Anna Hathaway don't. films. Go watch Colossal. Name, anyway. name one. Colossal. There we go. That's <laughs> you're okay. Damn, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Princess Diaries is a is a foundational foundation cornerstone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of 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 the world. <laughs> so the other royal knight is uh, Dynasmon. Uh, Dynasmon um, is voiced by uh, Kenta Miyaki in. Uh, the original, uh, whose Wikipedia article I'm opening now. Um, he's not. <laughs> he's done a fair bit, but like not as not quite as prolific as his counterpart. Um, just scrolling through. Also in Zatch Bell, he voiced Vector the Crocodile in Sonic X. So okay, this guy's che- uh, Tom. Check check his um his uh his dubbing roles, his live action dubbing roles. Oh my god. Okay. You're gonna lose it. Um. <laughs> live action no that's not it no okay Hold live on. action japanese dubbing oh holy shit he's he is four he is four in everything yeah. ever yeah he's he is he, four he, he is four like currently <laughs> the voice dub for he's chris hemsworth four Odinson, four Odinson in everything four Odinson has been called cool. thor marvel oh he, he's also the voice dub for daniel kalua's character in get out good oh <laughs> that's Okay, fantastic. Interesting. Okay. This, guy, this, <laughs> this guy's dude, pretty this good. This dude whips. So our joke, <laughs> and I'm not sure if you wear this, uh, Meg, but our joke throughout um, uh, this was that was that Dynasmon should be voiced by Matt Berry. Uh, <laughs> which I uh, am constantly manif- trying to manifest into existence every <laughs> we, every we, moment we of my life. We definitely need to, need to like, reach out to that Matt Berry impersonator on TikTok and ask him to read some, yes. <laughs> some Dynasmon lines. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> 
in the digital world. <laughs> yeah. You are the most diabolical Digimon in the digital world. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we were making that exact same joke. That is, oh, great. That, that's that's a great minds. Great that, minds. That's a very good, very good impression. Um, <laughs> very much. Yeah, okay. Uh, in, in, in the dub, he's voiced uh, Dinosaur, rather, he's voiced uh, by Derek Stephen Prince. Uh, doing it again. Dinosmon, Crusader One in the Japanese version. We've got to be gay. <laughs> gay is in. Gay is hot. Gay is in. I want gay some gay. Gay it's gonna be. My good time, my good time pal. Um... <laughs> my sweet cheese, my Ron soldier. <laughs> I, I could, I, I'm a yeah. big what we do in the shadows person, so. Yeah. Oh, I, trust I, me, I, me too, me I, too. I just watched like all of that, at least because we don't have season four yet. For some stupid reason, but um, I um, I yeah, absolutely love it to pieces. Also, all the other stuff he's done, yeah, yeah, so good, so good. Um, but yeah, the Royal Knights, uh, they work for a uh, crafty character. I might as well talk about this now, uh, because it's going to come up. Yeah, uh, they work for a crafty character called Lucimon, uh, aka the Devil from the Bible. Like I said, Devil Baby. Um, yes. So Lucimon is voiced by Mona Marshall, uh, Izzy, Terry Amon whole bunch of other roles. Uh classic. We love we love Simona Marshall here. Um uh, there's a couple of different voice actors uh, as Lucimon has two different modes. It has uh Lucimon uh Babby form and uh that's not the real name. And uh <laughs> Yeah you're right it's it Lucimon twi- malicious twink mode. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Lucimon this, this shitty kid <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Lucimon uh, stand-up mode. Sorry, fall-down mode. Sorry, fall-down mode. Uh, and the uh, rookie form is voiced by Kumiko Nishihara, who is in a bunch of shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, she she has a lot of work. She has a lot of work. <laughs> yes, uh, but nothing like, like that's leaping out at me as like um, particularly particularly like stand out. One from the other. Anyway, um, and the um, uh, four-down mode is voiced by Ryusei Nakao. Uh, again, I'm so bad at the impression. Uh, the, uh, Ryusei Nakamura, is that it? Uh, Ryusei Nakao. Nak- N-A-K-A-O. Nakao. Uh, Nakao. Nakao, okay. Oh, he's Freezer. He he voices uh, yeah. Freezer. Yes, <laughs> we, went, we went through this. Yeah, Sorry, yes. That is, that is quite literally the reason why... Um, Lucivon fall-down mode has lipstick, even though the the original <laughs> character sheet doesn't. Really? Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so interesting. That's pretty so cool. So they, they once once uh, Ryusei got signed on for the role, they they decided to add um, purple lipstick to the character's design. Yeah, that's to, boy, some lipstick. That whip. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To homage. I, I will say, and uh, for Kumiko Nishihara, all of my real Sakura Taisen fans will know her as Irish Chateaubriand. Okay, that's all I have. Yeah, nice. that's uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he actually shows up later uh, later on. Uh, he recently appeared as Eismon in uh, Digimon Ghost Game. So, mm. yeah, Ghost Game. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they actually had like separate voice actors for yes. Lucimon's different forms yes. in Japanese, and then yep. they just had Mona do everything in yep. the English dub. Yeah. Especially yep. when he turned into a grown man and still had that voice, I yep. did yeah. not like that. <laughs> it was no, just like, massive I... cognitive dissonance for me. Yeah, yeah like, we I were... was just like, oh. We were talking about um, this on a, in a prior episode, but like it's, it felt like Mona Marshall is a voice actor who's very passionate about Digimon, and you can tell she's very passionate about it because she continued to come back to the show even when she got a huge payday in terms of a return, a recurring role on South Park, which is like 
that's every voice actor's dream. Once you get a, like a, a, a major role in a you know a weekly animated series, you can just cash out. That's your that's your paycheck for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, she she kept going back to, to Digimon uh, for years after that. Um, yep. And it feels like they expected her to carry like the the, the brunt of the show's climax on her back, and I feel sorry for her because she yeah she really she did. just can't do it. Like she doesn't have the range. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lucy Mon's another character who. <sighs> Very, it's it's funny because I, I was about to say like just kind of only shows up at the last minute, but that's not really true. Like Lucimon is telegraphed, I suppose. Uh, as like episode a, three, as like a you know the baby, the the uh, space odyssey uh, baby, um, the fetus, yeah, yeah, the fetus <laughs> there for like most most of the, like the last 10, 15 episodes or so, and then and then yeah, does does finally appear towards the end, but like. I don't know. It, it, it's another one that's like kind of a fun character, and we enjoyed him doing the like JoJo punching um, <laughs> the uh, the characters. But other than that, again, not much, not much going on here with Lucimon. So he wants to take so a, inconsequential. He wants to take over the world, I guess, or destroy he it. Wants he wants to delete it. Yeah, yeah he wanted to, he delete, wants to it. delete it so he can remake yeah. it. Yeah, turn... he's a hungry, hungry himbo. He wanted to to eat the world and then <laughs> go conquer the other world. Yeah, pretty much for for, for reasons. Yeah. yeah, really. There what was reasons? really nothing other than reasons. just like, I just feel like it. And I'm like, that's yeah. cool, yeah. dude. But I mean, I guess it's it. really easy to write character motivations as just evil when they are literally Satan. So yeah. 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 The, 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 I don't know. I want my I want my Satan with a little bit of like character motivation. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm just talking from the writer's perspective. They probably no, want yeah, shrugs. He's Satan. That's all we need. It's funny. I it's mean, funny. which is so funny because like actual Satan from the like Satan from the Bible, his caricaturation <laughs> and motivation is Satan from the Bible's motivation is God's new OCs ain't shit, and I don't know why yeah. he likes them so much. And God was like, banned. <laughs> and that's everything. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. Perma, no appeal. <laughs> it's it's yeah, funny. pretty much. The world building of Frontier is like the, the way that it uses it here towards the end is really funny because it's like they have the thing where they have the te- they have the ancient uh, Digimon and then they have the ten legendary warriors and they have the celestial Digimon, the Bifarnimon, Seraphimon, Trubimon, and then they had all that. And then at the end they just decide to say, What if the final protagonist final antagonist is just Lucifer? Uh I guess. Like they built up a mythology here and then decided to just go, well, let's just slap some like really obvious Christian mythology right on top of here because we don't know what to do with this. Like, no, I- they 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 had Lucimon like brought up in episode three. Like, this was clearly their long game, right? But, but it's just not done yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, they like forgot about it until they needed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, oh god, right episode yeah. forty, we gotta do something. Yeah. If we go back to like my pitch bible theory, I feel like that was written in you know this this show's pitch bible was the final villain is Lucimon, who's you know the. The, the lord of all evil in the digital world wants to corrupt it. And then the writers went, okay, and put that in their back pocket. And then just never brought it up again until they went, oh, shit. That was in the Bible. <laughs> I this was there. It. We need yeah. to use it. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels very, like, I would have liked them, like for them to do, and again, I'm not going to go into rewrite mode, uh, but I would have liked for them to have done more with the back backdrop there of having these Asian, Asian warriors and so on to... You know, it felt like it would have been inevitable for them to like show up in some fashion again, or be resurrected, or what have you. But like, yeah. no, the show just goes. Well, we added this Lucimon guy into the mix. I guess we'll just have the heroes fight him until they win. Like it, it's, and his motivations are like entirely upheld by who we obviously is meant to be, or like be inspired by, and that's kind of it. You know, 
he's like the he is the devil guy. There's obviously a bit of like queer coding going on with his character as well. Yeah. And they just they just let that ride through the like the the rest of the arc without needing to give him motivations or give the main characters motivations to want to fight him, other than the fact that like oh he's eating everything, which you know is worst motivations I guess, but you know it's 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 not really like. It doesn't speak to them as people. It's more just like a general survival instinct thing, which is only so compelling. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. So it feels very reasonable to see someone eating the world and be like, <laughs> maybe I should stop that. Hey, stop. Uh, Quit it. I, I feel like in real life there's uh, there's parallels to that, which <laughs> I don't know. You People eating the world um, and no one's stopping them. Anyway. Be um, right back. I need to dissociate for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait a minute. Did anyone frontier just get real? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway. Listening um, to this podcast is now the audio equivalent of doom scrolling, and I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, but no, like, I, yeah, I would have I would have liked for him to be more present earlier on. Like, uh, even if it's just the Ronites checking in with, on him more frequently or getting, like, scolded by him or something. I don't know. Just, like, something yeah, how, there. How about every time they they, they stop and, and drop their their little food pellet into the, the core of the Earth, they actually have some dialogue or something instead of just reusing the same animation over and over again. Yes. Oh, hey. oh neat. Here's a tasty little train station I get to eat. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, instead of it just being like the equivalent of like feeding your, your chow in Sonic Adventure, like it's it's just not there's yeah there's nothing going on there. It, it's it's annoying. The Royal Knights themselves also a thing where it's like they could have had so much more going on, given the notion of like who they're supposed to be and who they're working for, and like yeah. what purpose they actually kind of serve at the end of days. Um, when like yeah, it's there's it's nothing strange. There. It's this is another instance of like I don't feel like the Royal Knights were intended to be used in this fashion because like I don't want to get all Digimon lore nerd, but like historically they're they're forces of ultimate justice and like to the point of like being too morally white. Like that's that's their issue as a group is that they they yeah. are too absolutist in their justice and, and righteousness and whatever. They are mm-hmm. um, they are the law side in um in a Shimigami Tensai game basically. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so to have them like be villains like this with no real explanation makes it seem like there was no actual actual motivation for them to be villains. It feels like the showrunners like flipped through a a guidebook of every Digimon ever made and looked at those two and went, "Oh, these are cool." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It it feels like they were chosen for their their designs being very like regal and 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 holy rather than being, you know, actually relevant to to Lusamon or his his character arc. Just mm-hmm. the notion, just the fact that there's like just the two of them as well. It's like that's no. I mean, yeah, we, like the real knights like there's two of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I mean, we've I mean, got the, it's not wrong. It technically is plural, but yeah, we've got the notion of hindsight now because we've seen the Royal Knights as a as a whole um, in in other media. But it's at the, it, I don't know. There's something a bit strange. Like you would have expected more, I suppose. No, I didn't know anything about them until you guys were talking about the rest of the Royal Knights. And even when I first saw them in the anime, I'm just like, there's only like two of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and they're always together. They're not even like out like because usually like when I when they're like oh the royal knights like oh shit that's probably like at least an elite army or something like that right and then it yeah. shows with these two people who are just yeah there two, to kick holes dudes. in the planet yeah. yeah two dudes and then a, an army of a faceless army of nightmon 
Yeah, and it's just like, oh, okay, that's not really entertaining. And really, yeah, they just spent the whole time just, I don't know, I found them very forgettable, and I felt like their roles could have been just as easily fulfilled by the other legendary warriors. Yeah. Um, And they were very last minute. Did you not enjoy uh, the episodes involving them being basically the exact same episode for like eight eight episodes in a row? It's like it's like the Digimon equivalent of Endless Eight from um, Haruhi Suzumiya. <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of Haruhi Suzumiya. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, again, like there was a point where I would uh, just have it playing while I was either like drawing or something like that while I was watching it. And I wouldn't be able, yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell where one episode and one ep- uh, ended and the <laughs> other one began. And then before I knew it, I'm just like, wait, I watched eight episodes. <laughs> The Ouroboros the same of thing Boreal happened. Nights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly exactly. You can just skip the whole thing. Like I think uh, Mina was making arguments about just like doing them all at once and so on and Yeah, I I yeah. still stand by. I still maintain we could have done all eight of those episodes in one go because you can literally describe the plots of each of them as the the two protagonists digivolve into Emperor Greymon and Magna Garurumon, fight against the Royal Knights and lose. And then some other stuff happens. Like yeah. this episode, they're visiting, you know, the uh, primary village this episode they're going to a library but other than the fine details nothing changes like there's no meaningful character development or no meaningful like you know plot action or motivation or whatever no or no any nothing to really move forward the plot for like why this is happening or what is the plan what could be the plan after this or it uh, it truly does feel like the writers of this show had trouble filling the 50 episode order yeah, it did like, really feel like that, which is interesting considering like how much lore it definitely felt like the show had, and they yeah, yeah it's like they couldn't figure out what to do with that much with that much uh, work, but they were able to with that yeah with that with that kind of episode deal, and, and it's it's especially epi- interesting coming off of Tamers, which needed to renegotiate an extra episode midway through production because they realized they they wouldn't <laughs> be able to wrap up their story in only fifty episodes. Insane. Yeah. So but, going right from that to this is like night and day. There's only like so much recycled animation you can use, and you actually have to like you know write your show. <laughs> exactly. No, you don't need to write a show. It's yeah. recycled so, animation. I I will say the, the, that stretch of episodes did give us some of the funniest parts in the show, like <laughs> Dinosmon holding down Emperor Greymon in a, in a headlock, like he's a school bully. I know. Like, it's just like this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like here's here's you know two of the strongest Digimon in in this in this show's canon, and and one of them is just like <laughs> using the same headlock that I learned in my first year of, of karate training. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's always what happens when you have two very powerful. It's the same thing that Marvel does all the time. It just comes back down to who punch best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter what powers you got. Who's good at wrestling? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it sucks because I, I think. I don't. I don't want to touch Crusader Mon. There's there's too much baggage there for me to say that I could I could really enjoy it. But I think Dinosmon could be a really fun theatrical villain if they gave a shit about his his character at all. He literally was just like they had they had these two. I think he was literally only there so they could say that they had the Royal Knights. Yeah. Plural. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they 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 almost. They kind of threaten to have a good dynamic, so to speak. Like they, they, they it's fun to have like Dinosmon being like the more sort of hot-tempered one uh and crusader mom being like sort of the more callous one but like at the same time more you know uh sensible or what have you but like they they because of what they're doing which is a they're gonna get uh, they're gonna kick um the kids ass uh asses 
and then B, they're going to sort up all the data and then they're going to go. Like, there's no room for them to, like, really get to flex their personalities much because they, we know they're going to win. They are written to always win. They are written to, ha- written to have basically zero... Um, I can't think of the phrase, but, like, they put, like, pushback from the kids. Like, they don't really put up in a fight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So there's no, like... We don't really get to see Dynasmon push to his limit or whatever until basically the episode where they unceremoniously job to uh Takuya and Koji. Like it's Yeah, like in, in wrestling terms, yeah, they are they are heels who are designed to be put over and then job. Yes. And that's their entire personality. Yeah, and it's funny because like even then, um they actually introduced a good dynamic uh for Crusader Mon and Dynasmon in their introduction and then they again immediately drop the idea because they are introduced as like Dynasmon, the knight of passion and then Crusadermon, the knight of empathy or the knight of apathy and i felt like oh that's sick and then immediately after that crusader one was like this would be beautiful for the whole rest of the series <laughs> and it's just like this is is like this isn't Another another like good idea that was introduced and then just immediately forgotten about. Yeah, I I just like picturing the the writers of the the original script flipping through a thesaurus for word words for beautiful because <laughs> that's, that's that's what they're dialogue. doing. Yeah, that yeah. was all of it. That was all of Crusader Mon's dialogue, and I just immediately just tuned it out. Yeah, there there is like I don't know. I I really I am I was really shocked, really shocked that they didn't have anything where the Royal Knights you know, for whatever reason, realize who they're working for or like there's some sort of yeah. like they are, they are, or even like a sense of like them being brainwashed or whatever. There's none of that. Nothing like that at all. It's just they realize Lucimon's not probably not going to give them what they want. Um, and, or maybe, or maybe he even would have done, but like, you know, they happily lose faith for whatever reason. And then it's like, bam, instantly over. Like it's, it's like as soon as they need to put over Lucimon, they're done. Like and there's no yeah. there's no heroic moment for them, which is insane considering oh, no. they're called the Royal Knights. <laughs> like, come on, Crusader Mon not believing in our Lord means I can't fight either. Like, get a like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so stupid. It was so bad. Like, come on, that that whole thing of like that again. You could have just ha- okay. Okay, we'll try not to rewrite. But like again, you could have just had. Dynasmon's like like final outrage or something like that but no he just goes out with an absolute whimper and it's it's so why can't this show have fun I think I said this several times throughout I'm just really confused why the show refuses to have fun with the things that it's put they've put down itself and the opportunities it encounters along the way yeah just I I don't I don't like saying this about about TV shows or just like media in general because I think no matter how cynical a, a, like a, a piece of media may seem there's always someone working on it who's passionate about it and like who, yeah. who cared about it but yeah. okay. compared to past seasons of this show this one feels a lot more i guess merchandise driven like it feels yes. like a lot of characters forms and ideas are introduced solely so that they can have a toy to sell on the shelf or a new you know uh pet to put in the virtual pets that they were pushing like mm-hmm. it's it's weird it, it, it feels Cynical. Like, there were moments like that in previous seasons, for sure. Like, Chiaki Kanaka was very, very um, upfront about how Tamers had to be changed um, to fit the demands of the, the network. Like, they wanted them him to include certain characters and forms just so that they could sell, like, merchandise of them. But, yeah. like, it never ruined that show's flow. 
he was did a very good you know he's an absolute nut job now but at the time back when he was a good writer uh he did a very good job of integrating um the the like you know the the, the uh network mandates into his you know into his story seamlessly mm-hmm. and it, it, you can see the seams here <laughs> this series is bursting at the seams trying to hold all of these, you know, merchandisable ideas in here. I can't it hold all this marketing. All yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Seraphimon is introduced as the, the, you know, one of the three gods of the virtual world is killed off in the same episode he's introduced, and then spends like twenty episodes as an egg before he's allowed to to, to, to be reborn as Patamon, who you know just happens to be a very marketable face from a past season. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. a little baby. Yeah, which yeah, it's like bam, you get you get this cool toy of, of this uh, angel god that you can sell, and then later on you get to you get to slap a new hat on Patamon and sell more toys of him as well. Essentially, because yeah, they could have just used the same mold and just added the belt. Yeah, the little belly band or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the hell that is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they they took an existing Digimon and then added some uh, a, 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 a apparel onto it. Uh, anyway, Digimon Savers coming up next week. Where you look after that? I can't um, wait for Agumon Botlets. <laughs> <laughs> um, no jokes aside, like I that, think I no, think that is I think it is that is something that Savers is very guilty of as well. It's one of its one okay. of its weird flaws that I'm I'm not like I love Savers. It's one of my favorite seasons of the show. I'm still willing mm-hmm. to admit they go really really hard on the nostalgia for, for adventure. I think I'm sure. literally every single um, partner Digimon from Adventure shows up in in the first arc of Savers. Fair enough. And Fair enough. I can I can see how that kind of thing would happen because I noticed. Um, the 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 references to uh, adventures and, and tame and well mostly adventures was they're like they happened but they're relatively few far in between and probably do maybe because toy sales weren't as high as they wanted to um for frontier yeah. that's probably why they're like we got to up the references and savers yeah absolutely and like frontier um historically did very poorly in both japan and um other like other markets because like a the, in both in Japan and in North America, there was waning interest in Digimon as a franchise as mm-hmm. you know time went on. It, it had been almost four years since the premiere of the original season at this point. Oh my um, goodness! And fatigue was already setting in. Like a, a brand new season with new characters and like a new cast every single year sounds great to us, but to you know, there's a reason why Pokemon has kept Ash the entire time. There's a reason why Detective Conan has been running for 900 episodes with the same you know cast of characters. Familiarity mm-hmm. is very marketable. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Dragon yeah. Ball, Dragon Ball never let Goku retire. <laughs> you know, and yeah, so. and like there's, yeah. you know, this 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 is a, a show that's been um, historically kind of um, a benchmark for merchandise-driven TV shows in terms of like it. The original season being as good as it was was a small miracle because it was you know never intended to go further than the first thirteen episodes, and yet we got a really good fifty episode series out of it overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, With Frontier though, and like, then uh, go on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on. No, what I, what I was trying to say was like the yeah adventure was far better than it really had any right to be, even from the off. Um, and Tamer's existence is a ridiculous thing in and of itself. But yeah, I feel like we have a great example of before Frontier of a Digimon series which you know, was doing the job it set out to do, like in terms of marketing the franchise, the toys, the cards, all that, um, and didn't necessarily like, wouldn't necessarily win any awards or anything like that, but was still more and most importantly of all, a really fun time. And that was of course Digimon Adventure 02. Um, Huge mess, but like a fun mess. And I Mm -hmm. feel like Frontier could have learned a lot by like remembering what 02 did. Like if you're just there to like 
do a job as opposed to Tamers, which was clearly like there was clearly a vision in place there. Um, yeah, see, th- Tamers, Tamers is a it. weird. Yeah, like Tamers is a weird miracle of art where it only exists because the network fucked over a, a writer they had promised a big job. <laughs> and they let him. They gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wanted as an apology for that. Yeah. And it's only because of that that he got the creative freedom to make Tamers, which is you know now remembered as one of the greatest you know shonen anime of all time. I love sure. that for him. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so it, it's just strange that Frontier ends up being this cynical because up, up until now I don't think they've had any problems. Like what you. You made the point, Mino, about merchandising and fitting in all these characters. I honestly don't think this show feels any more like obviously grasping, like throwing stuff around you for like merchandising purposes than any of the previous series. Like, I, See, I, I honestly think it's not any different. It's just that it perhaps it's more obvious because there's nothing else to like distract you from it. Um, yeah, I think it doesn't necessarily have more merchandising. It's just the merchandising is more obvious because it doesn't feel like it's slotted in organically. Like, if you look at the, the hybrid forms that are introduced um, during the, the Sakakumon arc, like, they serve the same, like, practical narrative purpose as the, you know, the Unity forms do later on. Yeah. But are just, they just feel like filler. Like, they were, they had this, you know, the, the molds lying around for Aldemon and Burning Greymon, so let's make a, a hybrid that uses both of them. God, you you're have right. a transforming toy or something. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But like between between stuff like the cards in Tamers and the uh, the eggs in um, O2, like those were very clearly pushing merchandise, and they just managed to like they just remembered we can have we can write and have fun with this. Like the, the Frontier, I mean, again, put put aside my own personal feelings about like the notion of the kids become the Digimon. I, I honestly, I honestly feel there's like these characters would improve immensely by having like Digimon partners to bounce off of. Like, oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. that's one of this. That's one of the season's original sins. Unfortunately, is that it throws that dynamic, that perfect dynamic that made the first seasons of the show so enjoyable and special, out the window to chase a like what's essentially a gimmick. Like, let's let's be real. That the you know Tokusatsu esque like they turn into Digimon this time thing is was intended to be a marketing gimmick to to you know get lapsed fans on board and to pick up the the ratings that were waiting ever since the first season of the show but like yeah yeah, it just feels so inorganic like it doesn't feel like they gave a shit about making it feel like a narrative that is cohesive you know yeah less to animate too yeah exactly yeah so I don't even so for that reason. I mean, I I feel like this show. I wouldn't lay this show's issues at the feet of the demands of like Bandai or what have you. Oh no, yeah, it's just it's poor artistry all the way down, unfortunately. But I yeah. think it's just it's it's more of a symptom than the problem itself that they they were so bad at, at incorporating the 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 mandated merchandise and whatever. It shows that they had a lack of either a lack of faith in their own ideas or a lack of creativity as to how to implement, you know, the ideas that were asked of them by their bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, that, I, that became more of a rant than I was intending it to be. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I no, I completely agree because this is usually how a lot of uh, great ideas and a lot of projects, not just animation, but just kind of in general, um, kind of get whittled down like this is that they are they get polished down to almost nothing where it's increasingly obvious what the people with the money are intending to do with this story 
yeah. and um and yeah because because like let's let's face it it's like a lot of these uh, a lot of these shows that we had that had all of these different characters and usually characters that would show up for only a little bit they are all leftovers of the 1980s of the 1980s um industry standard of making toys and then making shows to sell the toys and mm-hmm. um digimon is no different from that but like um y'all were saying earlier that the reason that it just seems more obvious than other seasons of digimon is because the season the other seasons of digimon had more stories to kind of distract you away from that fact yeah. whereas yeah. this one it's yeah it's like just the stories just fall so flat and the characters fall flat as echoes of the obvious archetypes they're supposed to be imitating that it's all that's left really is this is a toy. This is a toy. This could be a toy. Look at all these trail mod you can get. They're all different. You got to get them all. And <laughs> yeah, it's like how this is this is another Digimon that looks like Greymon. Uh, this is another Digimon that looks like Garumon. It's like it. Yeah. It and just, it's so ob- It becomes increasingly obvious. Yeah. And they, they went really hard on that in, in the, the dub, especially because like Burning Greymon is not called Burning Greymon in, in the sub. It's called Vritramon because all of Takuya's uh, Digimon forms in the sub have a Hindu god naming theme. Um, oh, I was wondering what, what, um, what, uh, yeah, I was wondering what, what, um, pantheon uh he was based on because a lot of a lot of the that brings up a point about how what a lot of the the more powerful digimon gets they kind of take on a certain pantheon uh uh, and have it and it was definitely a lot of like the other like uh what were considered pagan pantheons taking on the christian pantheon at the end which Mm, is like the only thing that i thought was interesting about the show (laughs) yeah and like that is something that's kind of lost in in the dub unfortunately um is like in in the japanese version Every kid has like yeah, like you said, like a pantheon, like some kind of uh, religious theming to their their different forms. Like um, all of uh, Koji's evolutionary forms in the sub have German names for all of their attacks, and it's uh, all of his forms are named after a different Norse mythology. Like instead of Kendu Gurumon, it's Garmermon, named after you know Garmer, the Norse wolf associated with Ragnarok. Oh my god! Uh, and like. Tommy's forms are based on, you know, like, American uh, mythology with, like, you know, the, the Sasquatch and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just, it, it's an interesting idea, but they don't really go anywhere with it. It's, it's purely just, set, like, aesthetic set dressing, essentially. Just the overall theme of they had an idea that they forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, yeah. that's part it. for the course for this show. That's the whole thing. It's the show. Digimon, what was happening? Yes. <laughs> Digimon Frontier. Uh. Um, I so what did you think of uh, uh my question for you? Uh, what did you think of the Koji Koichi uh like story there overall, including including how it ended up? <laughs> uh, because I feel like that was a highlight of the show for us. Um, although it certainly had its issues. The family dynamic was very confusing. I don't understand how. Like so it, you... it, it, it made it seem like it made it seem like the boys were separated at birth or something like that. But then, like Koji was made to think that his mom was dead the entire time, and then like, so... that, but then like the grandma died. But it, I don't know, it was all over yeah. the place. Do you do you want to hear a really funny story about that? Yes, <laughs> that is is perhaps one of the biggest dub induced plot holes in the franchise, which is saying a lot considering like some of the things the dubs messed up before. I mean, look at Gatomon. They they didn't <laughs> understand that the gender was supposed to be female until they already printed merchandise with Gato on it instead of Gato. <laughs> so well, Gato is, is Spanish um, for cat. So yeah, they just like, didn't know what they're talking about. 
yeah, no, they the, the the writer of season one admitted they would have made it the feminine version of Kat if they had known she was a woman, but they didn't <laughs> because they weren't allowed to ask. <laughs> they weren't um, ask. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's kind I of an infamous nineties dubbing. I love yeah, 90s there's kind of been a lot. <laughs> it's kind of been like an infamous running theme in the Digimon dub is that there were a lot of plot holes that were made by accident because the dub team was not allowed to confer with the Japanese writing team, like even though the Japanese writing team was like several months ahead of them in terms of production. Um, so the first time Koji's uh, like family situation is introduced in the dub, he talks about his mom as though he's he he knew her and that he remembers her death and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the very next episode, literally one episode later, you find out that, no, in fact, he never knew his mom. Like, she, he was told that she died during his birth. Like, during his birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is a really weird cultural thing. But basically, in, in the Japanese version, it's made clear that um, Ko, so Koji and Koichi's parents separated when they were both very young, like under a year old. Uh-huh. And because there's a weird cultural thing, or at least there was in 2002, um, regarding divorce in Japan, where it's expected that if parents get divorced, they just don't see each other ever. Like, you know, okay. if you have a, if your if your kids are separated and divorced, they never see each other. And that was something that was actually explored in Adventure with uh, Matt and TK. How, mm-hmm. like, this camp was one of the very few times they got to spend together because their parents never saw each other outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um so in the sub, it's made clear that because of this weird cultural um, facet, Koichi and Koji's parents would pretend like the other died and that their twin never existed to make it easier on them. Because they, in, in their logic, thinking that your family is dead is easier to cope with than knowing they're alive, but you're not allowed to see them. Oh, okay. So um, it's an unreliable narrator thing. Okay. Yeah. So like... But, like, the dub fucked it up royally by implying that Koji knew his mom and remembers her and wanted to avenge her or whatever. Um, yeah, I just... Whereas, did. like, it was yeah. supposed to be that he, he never had even met her and didn't, like, and didn't even know that she was still alive. <laughs> like... I want to avenge it's... my mom. Twin brother, I need to kill you. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> wait, what? And then, and it's... then when, and then we got introduced to Koichi, where, yeah, it was just like, I need to kill Koji. I have darkness in my heart because my brother moved on without the my mom. And then like, wait, is your mom dead? I thought it was your grandma who died. And it's just like, I, it's yep, yeah, everything it's, about it was so all over the place that I could not care. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a really unfortunate case of the the dub making a huge error that rippled forth and created so much confusion beyond that. Yeah, well, because like even after even after that initial mistake, there was just a lot of back and forth of because yeah, it's like at first you don't understand why. Like, you don't understand Koichi's motivations as Duskmon or anything like that. Or it's, like, it's very difficult to figure out, like, where like where any of this even comes from. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, the way that they tried to portray the relationship of these kids living in separate homes. It was just very clumsy, even after that initial, that initial just mistake. Because that could have been forgiven. But they just kept yeah. on kind of going. Yeah, they they tried yeah. they overcorrected and it made it a thousand times more confusing in the process. Yeah, so just just the whole thing was just like, okay, yeah, brothers or something, and then and then just like at that one episode where Crusader Mo was just like, hey, kid, you're dead. What? And then just <laughs> yeah. <ends. laughs> oh, you mean you mean the last minute like swerve of like you're dead. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, no, you're not. <laughs> like, it's, just, just kidding. No, you're not. You're like on the verge of death. 
I don't yeah. know. The power of friendship brought him back to life. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. He just fell down a flight of stairs in a subway. Yeah. It's fine. And just like the the context in which it's presented makes it feel like Crusader Mon's just salty. It's like, oh, well, you're dead, kid. How about that? Yeah, basically. I'm just like, why would she know that? And why would she yeah. care? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing that bothers me the most. Is like, why does she like know that? Like, how does she have the knowledge that, oh... He's actually just dead slash dying. She's listen. She's a messy bitch who lives, lives for drama, and she overheard Turbimon telling, like, talking about it at one point. You, you know, <laughs> Turbimon's the type to just monologue out loud about his evil plans. Yeah, he pretty loves much. gossip. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he got so mad when uh, Ofani Monster and Fima were gossip. We're talking without him. Yeah, it's like that's not fair. I want to gossip too. I'm gonna get the tea. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah and well that just shows me how that also just shows me how like yeah it would have been super cool if the royal knights were like actually for shown earlier in the anime yeah and not yeah. just didn't show up as well second wave and then you know it's because yeah like the whole the whole arc between uh the twins was just very i don't know like it was just how clumsily it was handled along with other things again coming up with that idea and then immediately forgetting about their idea but it was just bizarre because there was very clearly a character, uh, Koichi, who was definitely not forgetting the idea. But it seemed like the rest of the writers somehow did and therefore made the other characters forget. Yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 it feels like um, I can't tell if this was something that they intended from the beginning. Uh, the whole like double swear at the end or like if they did the arc as intended and then Koichi became part of the group and then they were like, they really felt like they needed to do something with him, and they just went and they went back to the well because there's a few episodes there where like Koichi just feels like he's on the same level. Like now that now that his story's over, he's on the same level as like JP and Zoe and Tommy, uh, and that's mm-hmm. it. You don't want to be on that level. Um, no. The four musketeers <laughs> consigned to yeah. doing nothing. It nothing it's, yeah, it is. It is. They're just holding. <laughs> They're yeah. just holding yeah. the other Digimon for the two main boys. Yeah, that's yeah. Ho- just like, it is infinitely frustrating that Koichi is introduced, gets literally one episode to do stuff, and then has to trade in his spirit to power up the others. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. So it just yeah. feels like they thought, oh, I, I, almost like they thought we need to do something with him. So let's like he he he's been too significant so far. So we need to do something more with him, and we're just going to go back to the well. We're just going to do the same story of him, like you know his his like circumstances i would almost feel like that's better or like more forgivable perhaps or more understandable if than the alternative of like no they always intended to do this thing at the end where it's like you know turns out he's not dead all along or something but shit wait we forgot to mention that he's dead first so we need to do that yeah they didn't even even, like hint at it until uh until takuya had his weird like flashback thing and he's like, yeah. who the hell is that kid? All right, bye. And they're like, what? I, I actually, <laughs> I don't actually mind uh, the the initial like uh, arc around that too much. Um, I mm-hmm. think the Dustman character is, look, I will take a Dustman any day over any of the other Goon Squad members. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do yeah. not like his shoulder eyes, but um, no. <laughs> everything else, like everything else about it, great. I like, yeah. liked it. Yeah, he's... This, he's very classically anti-hero, and there's there's yeah. something very fun about that. After dealing with the goon squad for you know like twenty episodes straight, it's very refreshing to have a dude who's 
whole deal is just that he's Shadow the Hedgehog. Basically. <laughs> yeah. He's got he's got I more can going. That. He's got more going on than just like a funny voice. Um but, <laughs> yeah. but like but like also you know, in the Mercury Man kind of way where it's like he seemed like he maybe he maybe have some other motives going on, but ultimately doesn't. Dustman actually there is actually something else going on there and it's the fact that he's a he's a actual kid. Um <laughs> so that that's that's kind of it's kind of decent and I enjoyed some of the moments in the episodes where Koji, you know, learns the truth about that and basically has to, like, break the spell, as it were. And we got that sick Nickel- Nickelback song. Um, like... <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about I, the music. I love that. I love that so much because it's 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 inexplicable. Like, they, they didn't have to do that. They could have done what every other season of Digimon does and just cut out the image songs altogether. Mm-hmm. But... Instead, they they localized it in the funniest way possible. <laughs> like it is, it is hysterical. Someone looked at the, the his image song, which admittedly is very edgy. It's like it's called "On Broken Wings," <laughs> and God. decided, and they just sat there and decided, "Hey, what if we got fake Nickelback to do this? <laughs> what if we got dollar store Nickelback?" I feel, yeah, I feel like I feel like I came up with some sort of like outrageous metaphor for this song when we when we spoke about it before. Something. It's a, it's it's the song that plays at the rodeo when you find out that Osama bin Laden has been killed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, I think I think that was it, or like yeah, the, the country song about nine eleven or whatever. Like it's it's just it's just very there we go. There's the reference. Um, I I it, it's just got that feeling, and it's like okay, whoever did this. I have a feeling of whereabouts in America they may be located. <laughs> so, like you know, <laughs> in the South, perhaps. Uh, so it's it's mm-hmm. it's just uh, yeah, very uh, funny. I think, I think you you underestimate how how many of those types of songs were you know <laughs> like very very northern. Okay, fair oh on. yeah, it was the entire it was like the entire country's jam for like a good two or three years fair enough. of yeah. having songs like that after nine eleven. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, that, that's it, fine. Bye. Yeah, no, or- it's like you'd be surprised. It, yeah, it's like it was. It was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> radically changed country music for the worse. <laughs> My uneducated rich ass uh, has been uh, has been informed. So thank you very much. Um, no, but- it's it's fine. It's, it's Stay yeah. in your lane. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Driving in your lane. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in your in your left lane yes. or your whatever left lane, because yes. you're British. Yeah, driving the left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was funny, but I, yeah, I didn't really like how they brought it back at the end. Uh, I kind of wish they'd done it differently. It does support my argument, though, that the main character of this show is, in fact, Koji. Um, and Takuya is simply, I don't even know what Takuya's there for. He's just there to be the given, goggles given guy. Given the goggles out of sympathy. Yeah, they, they just said, well, Koji, Koji isn't rocking the goggles, right? We need someone to rock the goggles. Um, like we need, we need the, uh, we need the Thai OC. Do not steal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we need that. But Koji is the main character. He has the character development ish. He does develop. Like he, you know, he he starts out very curmudgeonly and only because of Koichi. Yeah, exactly. It's like the. I mean, which is fine. You know, at least that's decent motivation. You know, it's just messy. Um, but it makes him a more concrete character than. Takuya is even remotely. Um, there was like a. I think glit- Takuya was. Yeah, I think. The, I'm sorry. I think Takuya was the gateway character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They needed. It, it really culminates at the end of the show when 
The uh, Susanuomon. 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 <laughs> there we go. Cinema. Uh, Susan. Because that's, yeah, Susan, that's yeah. truly what this episode is, is cinema. Yes. Cinema. <laughs> so when... Uh, when not Love Susan. <laughs> <laughs> when Susan shows up at the end. Um, Susan shows up. Um, and it's like, that moment is entirely like about Koichi. Uh, Koichi and Koji. Like... The, mm-hmm. the the notion there it's again it's very messy because it's the whole thing of like it's his spirits who was there you know he was dead or whatever and but like that moment is about and then Takuya's is just sort of there and like he's there like to say I am also here and I've got the fire and it's like <laughs> his his actual like horse in the race so to speak like is exactly the same as all the other kids except for Koji like you know they all have the same like relationship with Koichi. You know, over the Koji has the actual relationship with Koichi, but they're also like his friend, I guess, as of like the last four days. Friends so, by yeah, friends by being friends as in we stand in the same space together and trauma bonded, I guess. Yeah, they yeah. they are they are basically work colleagues. Um and it yeah. it, it, it comes to a point where it's like Takuya is getting to be like part of part of Susan. Um but uh the others aren't and it's well not aren't, they aren't initially aren't part of Susan anyway. And it's kinda of like, why? Why are you here? And also why does why does Susan Oman um, I'm never gonna get that right. I'm sorry. Um, just call her. Just call him. I just, I just call. I just call. <laughs> that is like very, you know, the color scheme there, the motif, very clearly led by the look of the um, Agunimon line. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, why? If you're gonna get to this point, you need to do something with Takuya because it just feels weird otherwise. And it's like that's the, that's maybe the moment where the merchandising actually is a bit more apparent. I suppose is that like yeah, yeah. it's just very obvious. Yeah, it <laughs> feels very weird because when that whole moment happens, like Koji absorbs the spirits of darkness, and then everyone's like, "Oh no, Koichi's dead!" And then you have Takuya like <laughs> burst into flames and super angry before like yeah. Koji even reacts. It's like. Bro, that's his brother. You should let him have the first word. To be honest, you're being yeah. you're being kind of selfish by putting the spotlight <laughs> on you by bursting into flames. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He suddenly for he suddenly remembered he was the main character. <laughs> yeah, that's what it he's like. like. Sorry, yeah. Koji. You and your brother had your time. It's time for me to be cool now. And everyone's just like, there goes Takuya again. There goes Takuya, the main character. <laughs> Takuya, the writers goggles. The, the writers like the mean. The writers like the brothers more. Yes, <laughs> God's perfect angel. <laughs> I'm so mad. Um, I so so I said I said Koji's the main character, but um, other than the because they give him they give him and Koji they give him like an arc and they give him something to play with there. But I think mm-hmm. the character who the writers actually give a shit about the most, at least in terms of the material they decide to give him, is Tommy. Because <laughs> I feel yeah. like when the writers are writing about Tommy, it works far better and this is relative speaking so i'm not saying it's great but no it in works. comparison to everything else yes yeah it, it just it just like very much like okay this is this is like meat and potatoes digimon stuff like this is this is decent it's like it's weird because they initially portray tommy as a crybaby and then immediately throw that away other than to the odd like joke but that's fine i like that tommy is kind of like a meekish kid and then he gets to like stand up for himself or for other people and it's like there's nothing remarkable here but it's just it's just it's just solid you know just it's just mm-hmm. fine and so whether it's the episode with the village with the uh the Tukenmon and uh datamon 
whether it's the um, episode with a ceremon, like it that that stuff just if, if Tommy's involved like that in an episode like that, it's like the inverse of an episode where like Zoe is involved, <laughs> where you know there's actually going to be s- some semblance of like characterization rather than just jokes at the expense of the character. Or, mm-hmm. the view, or the viewer. Yeah, they decided yeah. they decided to give Tommy character traits other than Italian woman. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, Funnily enough, he, he made those burgers that one time, and everyone loved him. Yeah, yeah, they... super fun. Tommy is God's perfect child. <laughs> <laughs> He's. I'll say it. <laughs> uh, you might not be wrong. You have, you have the courage to say it. Yes. <laughs> In a frontier, I, I'll I'll make that clear. In a frontier, yeah, they they yeah they never really do anything that like makes him look like stupid. Part of the benefit of that is that like he because he's eight years old, the things that he does do, which were a bit cringe, are like the same things that any eight year old does. Like kind of yeah, be, be a bit yeah, be a bit of a crybaby sometimes. That happens. His flaw is he's eight years old. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you can't yeah. hold it against him. Exactly. Whereas JP's flaw is that he does magic tricks. So like it's <laughs> it's not really it's not really comparable. Um, uh, <laughs> some sins can't be forgiven, but being eight years old, we can we can get over that. Um, so I don't know. He's like yeah, he's just a fun character, and they let him they let him do heroic stuff, which is Takuya barely does any heroic stuff, like other than yeah. Punch Tommy does more than he does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, no absolutely. Takuya just yells. Yes. The worst part about Tommy is that he has that big stupid hat. I've said it before. Everyone in this show is way too overdesigned, except for like Koichi. A lot, and even then, Koichi's kind of because he has the, the one shirt over the other shirt. You don't need that, bro. You only need one shirt. That's so much pencil mileage. <laughs> he, is, a, a lot of the, um, a lot of the designs in the show. Something about the show's like color scheme is like weirdly muted, and I don't like it. Like it's yeah. It, everything is like darker greens or like darker reds uh, or blues and so on and it's, and it's just like it, it feels a I, bit off yeah and especially because of how vibrant the digital world like i know it's like the world is ending and all of that but um even in areas that were supposed to be completely untouched by you know the apocalypse um the color schemes that they chose were still uh not as recognizable as previous seasons like if you yeah. were to look at not just the kids silhouettes but just a co- their color schemes you would typically for most of them you'd be able to recognize immediately whose color scheme belongs to who right or at least the yeah. archetype of where they stand in the group um whereas these kids it's just like there they are <laughs> yeah 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 definitely. It's, it's actually really funny that you say all also does is yell because his I don't know if you noticed this, his voice actor changes near the end of the season because Michael Reyes threw his hands up and decided Frontier wasn't worth ruining his vocal cords for. Aw, good man, good call, my dude. Yeah, every single time he he digivolved into any of the Ogunimon line, he was just like, It's just like, that's all he did. It was like, it was like, Batman voice. Is that the fucking but uh, screaming? You know, you know the old like Sega adverts from like the Saturn. It's like Sega. Yeah, it's like like, yeah. like those. <laughs> yeah. So very it's, God. Yeah, this it's poor man. I'm glad that he made that call because yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. So so from from the Royal Knights arc onwards, uh, or just before the Royal Knights, from from when Cherubimon um is defeated uh onwards, um 
he is instead played by Dave Wittenberg, who is Henry in Digimon Tamers, as well as every single Trailmon in this show. <laughs> all the different Trailmon voices. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's all of them. Good job. He's got the range. Yeah. He really does. He's really good at celebrity impressions, which is a really, really strong trait to have in a show like Digimon, where every third character is a celebrity impression. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, good, good on you, Dave Wittenberg, for for picking up the slack. Um, I, you know, maybe, maybe actually screw you, Dave Wittenberg. Maybe the show could have ended early if you didn't step in. <laughs> <laughs> the but, show um, would have ended early and nobody would have noticed. Yeah, we wouldn't have been that lucky. Let's be real. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just think that, 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 that that's that's really funny. Is that one of one of the lead voice actors of the show just threw their hands up and went, "No, I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> no, because it was like it was just unbelievable how every single episode went everyone hiver. Because like if he wasn't just like screaming something as Takuya, his Digimon forms didn't talk in any other way than just full on guttural screaming. Yeah. <gasps> and... <laughs> Just like the whole time. Yeah, and this is and unrelated, I'm... but the, the reason the narrator changed as well is because the the voice of Rika, who did the narration up until episode like forty, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, got cast in Wicked, the original Broadway run of Wicked. Good so, for her. Yeah. So yeah, see, she also left. Get out. <laughs> to go Good do for better you. Miss yeah, yeah. you though. Kill it. Killing yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's. Like I, I don't blame him in the slightest because if you think about it, you know, if, if like Steve Bloom goes to conventions, conventions now, like yes, he's probably going to be more likely to be asked to do like Spike, Spike or Wolverine, but ultimately there's going to be the odd person that does ask for Guillermo and so on like that. No one's going to. Can ask- you do the voice of JP Shibayama <laughs> no, for me? No, like, <laughs> no one's going to ask him to do JP's voice, and likewise, like if someone. I don't know if Michael Rise ever does conventions or whatever. No, no one's asking him to do Takuya or something like that. You know, no, they're they're asking him questions about the hit Hollywood movie he wrote, Truth or Dare. Everyone, <laughs> everyone remembers. Everyone remembers. Reset the, last the time counter. <laughs> I was thinking more like it's been zero people days. would ask him questions about the like tie saw a mat triangle or something like that. Be like, <laughs> oh no! I, I, I am that. 50- I'm too much of a petty bitch to not bring up Truth or Dare every single time <laughs> I'm able to. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that about you. <laughs> <laughs> um no yeah it's uh yeah the, the show i can't imagine but it's funny though because we do see people who are like do go kind of like mad for the show not many really not, there are some that are like yeah oh i love the show whatever uh especially because like this year is the 15th is it 15th or 20 20 years 20 yeah it's 20, this year's 20, the 20th anniversary 20th yeah. anniversary of, of frontier this year it's funny because we've been doing these like when we did tamers we that was overlapping with the 20th anniversary. Boy, how did that overlap with the... <laughs> and boy, oh, how boy. did it overlap with the 20th anniversary? Um, yeah, the 20th anniversary coinciding with the creator, you know, quote-unquote coming out as a right-wing nut job was uh, sure an experience. <laughs> oh, but it, I'm but sorry. It seems, to be, it seems to be what we've been doing since the podcast started. I guess it will end because, like, Savers happened a few years after Frontier, but... Um. Yeah. It's. It's. We've been overlapping with the twentieth anniversary while doing this. So, yeah, yeah. Unless. Unless we make this podcast go for four more years. Yeah. We're not. We're not overlapping with the twentieth anniversary <laughs> of Savers. Take a hiatus or something. We talk about a single season of this bad Digimon show for four years. <laughs> God. <laughs> so I. Uh, so yeah, we do see some. I, I have seen some stuff online from like comments about the merch and all that sort of stuff, and it's like, really, 
why i don't know like there's some i i guess everyone's gonna like everything you know i i'm in this i'm i was gonna say i'm in the sonic fandom that's not really correct i just like the games but like i see people posting about like that god god awful 2006 game like Oh, I love this game growing up or whatever. And I'm like, jeez, what? What? No. That game is only valid as a speedrunning game. Or like a meme <laughs> let's play. Yeah, it's, it, it's not that. So like, I'm, I'm, I understand that there's something out there, someone out there for everything. But yeah, exactly. And especially depending on where they kind of came into it. Because yeah, yeah, when you're, when you're, usually when you're young and you're parked in front of something, just like how I forgot what it was that we were discussing earlier, but something that Princess Diaries too loved it as a kid, and then you watch it and you're like, "Oh, this is trash." Yeah. You know, it's it's just kind of <laughs> how it goes depending on where where it where in your timeline this piece of media shows up um, is very influential over its impact. Yeah, like I will so Princess full on Diaries up. one eternally perfect you're right so true exactly <laughs> but that's it but that's the thing yeah it's like i i openly admit that i love trash i don't have guilty pleasures i will tell you this thing that i like is garbage and yeah, I mean, so the, the age of irony is over sincerity is in yeah exactly yeah. so it's like i don't <laughs> i'm cringe is... but i'm free exactly <laughs> yeah yeah but see i think the one the one very common thread i've seen about people who claim that they like frontier is that they watched it as a child and haven't watched it since there you yes. go and it's Which like is, it's not you know, there's not like a co- con uh is it cogent or congent whatever whatever, whatever. Co- cogent, yeah no. so there's the not argument to say like what the show does well or whatever it's like and I don't necessarily mean you don't need to be able to write a thesis on the thing everything that you like that's just not realistic but ultimately like if you're gonna say that this show is like I don't know better than Tamers or something uh then like I I, I want you to I'll, I'll I want you to cite your sources back, on that one yeah I'm gonna fight somebody about it back that back that <laughs> shit up please back it up I want references um all that so uh, I don't know yeah like like what you like but also I just I've not seen a good argument in favor of the show at all and the show certainly does not present any of these arguments itself <laughs> so yeah uh, the only thing yeah the only thing that I'm seeing because I actually yeah I wait no I had a friend who said that she liked the show and she was a kid but again it was when she was a kid and she liked the concept of becoming creature so yeah. I get that and I understand that on a personal level but I don't remember if she had watched any other Digimon shows before that it just feels um, like yeah, yeah. It feels like the legacy of the show is like there isn't one. Like, like I, I don't know. It's just it, the next series of the show, which had to come several years later, went back to the sa- the old formula of you know Digimon partners who then go into champion ultimate all that. Um, th- they even tried mixing up again with fusion, and then yet, immediately after that, they went back to the old formula because that's what works. Like it, it just feels like it's Frontier's formula is like like. Did, did, sorry, Frontier's legacy is that the classic Digimon formula probably shouldn't be messed with too much, <laughs> you know. If, if anything yeah, else, you've got a good thing. You don't. You don't need to goof around with a with just a solid concept. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and the rest of the show, it's not even remarkably like shitty enough to be, go down yeah. in history. Like it's not. It's just mid. It's just boring and. That ain't fun, and that's not going to leave an impression or leave a mark. It's just, it, it, it's, I'm glad I've watched it, I guess, just so I know. But that's it. That's the only reason why I'm glad I watched it, to be honest. <laughs> that's yeah, I'm damning. I'm a media completionist, so if I have to watch like a whole series, like a whole um, like the 
like all of the entries into a single IP or a franchise or something like that. Like I, even if it's bad, I will do it. I am the kind of person yeah. who will like, I have an actor that I like or a director that I like. I will watch every single thing they made, even if it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it's like, so that's, that's usually like what I usually walk away with from series like these. And, um, and yeah, it's like, a, I also try to find things that I like about it, but also remembering that, yeah, this didn't work for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to analyze. Honestly, analyze it. Yeah. Please, please treat yourself by watching um, Savers now that you're done with this. And you're <laughs> this really hyping it. It's it's really it's really fun. The way the way I always sell it to people is it is it is self aware in a really good way because mm-hmm. Frontier is really silly, but like it doesn't it it thinks it's so cool. It thinks it's really it's really serious, like you know, shown an action show that mm-hmm. you should take seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, Savers is so like. It knows it's like you know a, a you know collectible monster series, um, and like it's very blatant, blatant in its attempts to pander to the past fandom and whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, the main character like regularly fist fights with Digimon and can only digivolve his partner by punching a Digimon in the face to activate his burning soul. <laughs> so like. Yep. Oh, I'm it's, sold. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so self-aware and so cheeky in such a fun way. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. There's... Like, it's earnest. It never feels like it's winking at the audience. It just feels like, like, yes, this is stupid, but I'm playing it to the hilt. <laughs> and that's what makes it so much fun. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like once you, it's, it's yeah, it's at the point where you realize that, you know, this isn't anything groundbreaking, but let's have fun. Yeah, exactly. 20 minutes while we have fun in this anime. And I think that, I think that's what sets it apart, is that, like, it, it does have silly plot beats. It does have, you know, questionable character motivations at times, but it, it always feels very earnest in its attempts to tell the story it wants to tell. And I think there's there's something to be said about that, especially in an era where, you know, so much media feels like it has to be either ironic or cynical or whatever. Yeah. Well, this was, when when did Squad come out? It was, or Data Squad come out? It was, um... 2006, I want to say? 2006, yeah. Okay. It was a lot of, that was definitely a, um... Yeah, that was kind of the vibe back then. It was certainly, get, it was certainly getting that way. By the time you got to 2010, it was very, like, very much in that fashion uh, of things being, like, winking at the audience or whatever. Um, and I, I feel like one of Digimon's strengths as a, as a franchise is it's never really gone fully down that road in any sense. Like, it gets referential at times, and, and obviously there's stuff like, you know, they, they remade the original series. But, like, it, mm-hmm. it's not like there's any... Um, I don't know. It still feels like it takes itself seriously. Even, even Frontier, for all its faults, it's like the characters weren't making fun of Digimon. If that makes sense, like yeah. And I mm-hmm. think I think that's why Savers is so much fun because like they're saying the most cornball, like you know, over the top lines ever. Yeah. But they're saying it with the most earnest, straight faces that like you can't help but love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even like Ghost Game, which is on now. Um, is very fun because although it will like parody and like homage the ever-loving shit out of like so many different horror films across the spectrum like it will the, the Digimon parts of it are just like taken as as a gospel or whatever like that that that's just how it works yes the Digimon are there they will go into champion or whatever yeah it's not like winking and nodding too much about that sort of stuff uh, and that's why mm-hmm. that's really fun even though the plot in that in that show well, it's more of an episode by episode thing, and and the over, there's the actual 
plot and character progression or whatever it is could be better, could be worse, but it's it's got a it goes back to what I was saying about having fun. That that show is always having fun. Um and it sounds like Savers is the same way. Uh mm-hmm. even Tamers, which is a very grim show. Um kids are so depressed. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like it's a grim world and and like the circumstances are grim, but like the characters themselves have enough levity and so on, like it that it feels very real. Whereas here mm-hmm. Any time that the characters try to have like fun with each other, or like you know, this show has some of the most chronic banter I've ever heard in anything ever. Like there's any time they're like trying to poke fun at each other or whatever, it, it is just like please, please, please shut the fuck up, please shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's so yeah, bad. exactly. It's so <laughs> cool, especially especially when two of the characters, like Zoe and JP, are always attacked just for being fat and woman <laughs> like yep it it's and then they always attack each other yeah <laughs> or mostly zoe attacks jp constantly because jp's like ooh, girl a wooga wooga yeah boy by the end they're trying to like make, you know they're laughing at jokes that they've made about each other about those things and it's like no you characters hate each other like you've not... you didn't earn that yeah exactly we spoke a lot about what was Things that weren't earned in this show. Uh, there's a long, there's a AKA the list. entire ending. Yeah, the the entire ending. Just yeah, everything. Yeah, the entire ending just being a montage, like the end of a Sega Genesis game, was just like uh, okay. God, yeah, it's <laughs> it ending it ending on a still screen, like of just the characters in a gradient void. Yeah, <laughs> it's very very I NES game. Con- congration, you you did it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I'm just like, all right, I guess I will not get those hours back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Animal House ending of like, you know, JP made some friends, apparently. Um, no, I didn't. Zoe, Supposedly. Yeah. Zoe taught everyone the, the true meaning of pasta. And like, <laughs> yeah, just, you, I don't know. You can't do that in a show like this. <laughs> it's not It's not nearly goofy enough. Uh, in the right, like, in the right Zero ways. Two did the same thing, but like at least like those characters had like you know like build up and they were actual characters <laughs> and I enjoyed them and their shows were good. The famously very well liked uh, epilogue of, of, of Zero Two. Look, it's it's better than this. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no doubt. Sloan, that's that's such a low bar. That's like saying being punched in the face is better than being punched in the stomach. <laughs> yeah. No, no one. I don't think anyone would say that. Yeah, you would be surprised. I, I'd rather be punched in the stomach. I am like... Have you ever been punched in the stomach, Sloan? Okay, we're doing this. Yeah. That, that's how Houdini died, you know. <laughs> well, rip to him, but I'm built different. <laughs> uh, all right. All I'm oh, saying okay. is that if, if, you get, if you get punched in the stomach and are in serious trauma, don't call me. I warned you. Okay. Nobody, please, please, I'll nobody call... punch Sloan in the stomach. <laughs> I'll call Tom. He'll no, help. no, I'm, I'm staying stay well, well out of this. Well out of this. <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> I have a suggestion for everyone, uh, as as I'm not sure how much more we've got to say. So I've got a suggestion. Um, we've been doing the positivity corners all uh, all season. We're doing one last positivity. One last corner? positivity corner of of the season in general. Yeah. Not just like not just like a standout moment or like a fun like Pokemon joke or anything like that. I'm talking about like just a thing in general. Even if it was only for a few episodes, that the show did well. One aspect of this show that you genuinely enjoyed. Yes. Oh, cripes. This is going to be hard. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
can I can I start off? Go unless for it. unless Meg, your our illustrious guest, wants to start off. No, I'm I'm still processing thought. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I. Go. I think my big thing is I genuinely kind of like the way that the digital world is presented in this show. Um, the digital world is always such a big part of every show like that's been so far, and I've always liked them. I really enjoy this aspect of it. I think there's like a lot of cool like areas. There's a lot of cool like architecture. The whole Trailmon system is pretty interesting because like it gives like a way to travel across places pretty easily. I think like uh the place they may go may be kind of boring, and I think that's more of like just a fundamental flaw of like the the show itself as opposed to like the digital world. But it's like, oh, like, hey, you can just like take a train and like go to like a cool village, or you can take a train and go to primary village, you can see all the baby eggs, or you hey, there's a trail bond race. Like I think there's like a lot to this world that we have in this season that I really enjoy. Like, I, I like the locations, like, the, you have, like, the little Burgermon village, you have, like, the, like I said, the Great Trailmon race, I really enjoyed stuff like the library at the end, like, like, Ophanimon's castle type of thing, or, like, say, the toy town, or, like, the sort of cool, like, ar creepy architecture of the Rose Morning Star and, like, that castle, like, I, I think there is some cool stuff there. And at the very least, I appreciate the fact that, like, yeah, like, there is a cool digital world in this series. Like, they kept up with that. Yeah. I, hello. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody hears that. No. I am being... I Okay, it's my cat. He's uh, okay. giving his opinions. Um, <laughs> that is what is he like a frontier. <laughs> yeah. What, Binks, what was your opinion about Digimon Frontier? <laughs> Just... Just Nothing. He has no thoughts. His um, loud yeah. awesome. <laughs> he just actually shut up when I asked him about oh, that. There you go. That's all we need to know. No, no thoughts at all. Yeah. No thoughts. No thoughts. Head. head empty. I uh, can I say? Uh, I mean, I, technically, I listened to the dub, so I did not hear the music except for the opening theme, which is a banger, to be fair. But uh, uh, I w I do want to give a shout out to the um, uh, Kojiwada songs. Um, if uh, if anyone listening or if you may haven't heard the uh, the insert tracks or the opening and ending songs from the Japanese version of Frontier, uh, very good as always. Like bangers. Yeah, oh, it's the si same guy who did like Butterfly um, and all that. So it's yeah, they're they're very fun. Um, I am very glad that they moved away from using the Digimon dub theme and made a new song. Because well, they, I mean, that, they couldn't. Yeah, they that was, that was by necessity. Saban owned the rights to the original, and this was dubbed by Disney. That's right. Oh snap! Yeah, that was it's the same. It's the same reason why all of the movies that were dubbed um, after this season came out use this um, this show's evolution theme, hmm. even though that doesn't always make sense. Yeah. So I'm just grateful anyway because um, that song is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we're, I, think we're I think everyone understands that the Digimon like do 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 that one. Like it's just yeah. So, some of the arrangements of it for like the movie are like okay. They're but, good, but like the arrangements are good. You have to give. You have to say yeah, that. And, and and I don't know. And also, or else. Yeah, I am. I'm happy about that anyway. So yeah, that that's very cool. But yeah, the Koji Wilder songs are good. Um, yeah. I will uh, throw it to you guys, Mina. Yeah. Um, 
I, I said this before, but I'll say it again because I do need to rep this. Um, even though it's utilized horribly in the show itself, um, and there's nothing but job, I think Emperor Greymon is one of my favorite Digimon designs of all time. I love, maybe it's just the little girl in me who just loves, like, seeing, you know, cool armor man with big sword, but, like, there's something very sleek and regal about Emperor Greymon's design Mm -hmm. that really appeals to me, and I really wish it got a second chance to, like, be cool like if if it's if they made an you know if it showed up in ghost game for an episode i would i would be overjoyed i think it deserves a second chance to to redeem itself yeah yeah i think i think there's a lot of digimon here like magli groomon i i also think that's pretty cool as well yeah i like i like both of the uh the unity forms i think they they whip yeah they're cool they're cool yeah yeah. Kumamon, he's just the little guy. Yeah, like over overall, you know, Zoe's forms notwithstanding, I, I think it's silly, <laughs> wildly inappropriate to give an eleven year old girl a lingerie fairy as a, as her Digimon form. Just, just yeah. wildly. Every single episode. I, yeah. I I just wish that we could have we can never have like them divorced of, like of the context of Zoe, which is a shame because I actually I think in terms of like women Digimon, like obviously like there is a a, a whole barrel of fish with that in terms of, like. Angel Wilmon and whatnot, but I I do enjoy Zephyrmon's form. I just wish it was more bestial. And I know they're like this is my beast form, and like that's just another woman. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's just a woman, except she has like furry ears, like feathered ears. Like I'm okay. just, I'm just, yeah. This is this is my beast form, bird woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think over, overall, yeah, I do like the design aesthetic of the Digimon forms. I just really wish they were partners instead of being, you know, the ones they transform into. If yeah, like, there's a reason why, like, I used Emperor Greymon in Cyber Sleuth when when I unlocked him. Like, it's a cool, it's a cool design. I, I like it a lot. I just don't like how it's used in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If like Emperor Greymon was like the thing that like say Takuya and like Blorbomon like merged into, then sure, that would be a cool thing. But it's just he's Emperor Greymon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, can't really find myself caring too much. Sorry. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, that's uh, Kaiser Greymon, I believe, in the uh, yeah, in, in the uh, in the original, the originally Japanese name or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I mentioned before that Takuya, like everyone's forms, use uh, different deities from mythology. These are the only two that break that. Like even Susanoo Oman moves back into it by using a, a deity from uh, Shintoism. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, even in the Japanese version, they went with a brand recognition for Magnigurumon and, and Emperor slash Kaiser Greymon. I mean, it's Digimon. At the end of the day, like, that's not surprising. Like, that's always going to happen. Why do yeah. you think we've had, like, 5,000 adventure things? Mm-hmm. Because everyone likes the characters and the monsters from adventure. And you know what? I don't blame them. I like the Gururumon line. I like I like Gobumon. He's just a little guy. Agumon's just a little guy. I like the Greymon line. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? We're, I, we're all yeah, like, no one is immune to cute monster slash nostalgia propaganda so go ahead and call it Magna Gururumon. yeah like Gabumon's still so popular that an image of him getting crucified can trend on Twitter for, for several days <laughs> happy Easter Xbox <laughs> oh man <laughs> anyway yeah that's that's my thing I'm, I'll in shorthand I'll just say that the design the design sense for the Digimon in general um, I'm quite a fan of Zoe's forms, notwithstanding, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I all agree. my homies hate Zoe. <laughs> my homies hate Zoe. It's true. They really do. They all. They all do. I'm so sad because like this has just always been 
I'm, I was just so sad about the character of Zoe because that's just always been what it is when you have the one girl character is that everything gets put on her and it's just, it's always, and it's usually typically when it's just like the one girl character, it's because it's written by people who either don't remember what it, what it was like being you, around you can, girls you or never met one. It's okay. No, it's like men, like even no, because like because I've seen women who have written written girls like this too, and they'll make these assumptions about girls and like little girls and stuff like that. Like you do not remember anything about what it was like to be a little girl, or or yeah, just like men or yeah, people, adult men who either they don't have kids of their own or they've just like never met a, a girl child. Yeah, like in I just remember this quote where infamously the the writer of the um, occasionally very misogynistic Persona game series mm-hmm. talked about yeah. how he never had any women friends growing up. And I was like, yeah, it shows. That explains- <laughs> you, don't, you don't say, bud. That explains so much, actually. I I- yeah, so it's just so it's just unfortunate um, that all of that would have to fall. Because, yeah, it's like they, they just did the same old, same old that happens with a lot of these kinds of shows where you have the one girl who's part of the group she is the one who if she's not trying to be uh the mature or like the one where all the sexuality is put on her regardless of her age um and if she encounters another woman in the show another female character in the show then they are automatically enemies and hate each other and it's just like it's just there's just a lot going on with zoe that's unfortunate but it is she was a very poorly done character and they really didn't know what her like problem even was they couldn't decide. It sucks because Digimon has been so good about this. Like, Mimi, like, I've yes! said it before. I'll say it again. She has probably the fullest character arc in all of Adventure. Yes, Mimi like, is a she, fascinating her, character. She's, yeah. she's great. And, by all by all um, circumstances, she should be the worst just because, like, she is, like, oh, like, the preppy, like, cutesy, like, I like fashion, like girl but like no she's like super like down to earth like she may be like a little like naive or eccentric but like she cares about people she doesn't want to do have fights because like she doesn't want to see people get hurt like but she's also like not immune to like wanting to like live in luxury because things in the digital world were so hard Mm -hmm. like she wants to help people but she doesn't want to hurt people like she still wants to engage in the fight and we, yeah, like, we, we saw that in Tamers as well with Chiaki Kanaka, who later mm-hmm. on, you know, would morph and mutate into a horrible, you know, bigoted misogynist. But, you know, 1999, Chiaki Kanaka understood, like, understood Rika's character so well about the struggles that, you know, especially, like, teen girls have with being expected to project femininity if they want to be taken seriously at anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like they have the entire friendship of of Rika and Jerry in in front in Tamers as well, which is like it's handled so well because they they never you know see each other as as rivals or like you know they never take pot shots at each other. They're just like wholeheartedly supportive of each other the entire way through the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it rocks. And going from that to Zoe is like you know <laughs> following up a fine Italian meal with uh you know a doggy bag for dessert. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's so, I guess, I guess that's also what makes Zoe's character even, Zoe and Ranamon, let's, let's face it, as the only yeah. other, like, female character in almost the entire series, and, like, um, is that to go from what was already done to that is just bizarre to me from a storytelling it's standpoint. It's insulting. Yeah, it's just, it's so jarring of what happens, but. Yeah, it, um, it feels regressive. But I'm also here to talk about positivity because we are still in positivity <laughs> so, corner. I, I, ju- I was going to mention, I love that. Sorry. 
I love that for our last episode on Digimon Frontier and our, and our last positivity corner ever, we still take some time. Dunking on Zoe. To dunk on Zoe. Yeah, like, well, yes. see, I was being positive about the, the legend Mimi Tachikawa, so it counts. See, it yeah, does I count. think okay. that, that says a lot about Frontier, though. Its legacy will always be that misogyny because it's it's over. It's done. You can you can't add more to it now. Because they're like they they would never make like a, a frontier try or whatever because the, the, it's, it's the series that killed Digimon for a while. Like yeah. it, mm-hmm. it has so much negative baggage associated with it, and now like that's just going to be it forever. It's always going to be remembered as the sexist Digimon season. Yeah, yeah. It's but... it, it's fascinating that they're even bothering to like commemorate its anniversary or whatever. But it's it's uh, especially when they're like pair, doing merchandise that pairs up these characters with like the characters from the upcoming O2 film, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just, they are. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, but it's not like, like it's, pairing it's like, up, but like it's like merch like combos of like they had like some um key art of like the zero two kids and then like the uh, frontier kids and like fun summer clothes like getting ready to celebrate the Japan. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So like nothing too, uh, you know, out there or whatever. But like it's it's still funny to see like all of these characters that most of the fan base is happy to forget <laughs> have happened combined mm-hmm. with like the stars in the upcoming film um I'll, I'll um i'll post i'll post a thing in the in the chat so you can see but like yeah it's, yes. it's just um yeah i don't know Aww. Yeah. they're literally out here like hey we know that you're not here for these kids but if you want the ones that you like you gotta buy these kids yeah like <laughs> yeah. can i like just like cut like a big circle like we can keep like koichi and tommy but like the rest of them gotta go yeah <laughs> Tom- tommy can say tommy's valid uh koichi fine yeah but i like then koichi the yeah the, o- the others have to yeah. leave i mean i, I- I'll Photoshop uh, Yoli into the front where uh, Takuya would be. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, okay, so what's your... Uh, children. Yeah, what's your positivity quote? Yeah. We need some positivity to cap off. Oh, yeah, my positivity... Um, I... I I kind of agree about like uh, the world building that was happening. Because like, for me, um, I was really heavily leaning on the filler episodes of them just doing stuff that had nothing to do with the overarching story. Yeah, like yeah. the Wacky Races one. Yeah, like the Wacky Races episode. Hell, even when they were even when they were in um Dark Zone, which is what I'm going to call it because the other names that they kept on swapping back and forth were not great. Uh the dark con- the continent of darkness. Yeah, they're like the continent of darkness and then they're like fuck it, it's the dark continent. I'm like don't do that. <laughs> um and uh anyway, I did appreciate like there was even lore building there um and the world building like about the trains and uh, um at the trailmon and everything like i don't know i just i appreciate i as much as like it definitely showed that like these characters would be interesting and fun and filler episodes and like and i don't know that's always what's been fun about digimon for me is then them just vibing around this digital world because we don't know anything about it yeah and yeah. i don't so like yeah filler episodes i t- i will say that i did enjoy the filler episodes i thought a lot of them were cute and if they yeah if they had nothing to do with the overarching plot it was it was delightful to watch and experience I, one thing um speaking of the dark aside. on it hmm? i need to talk about one of my favorite visual gags when they go to the dark on it and because bokemon's book has everything He's like, oh, like, hey, Pokemon. Everyone's like, hey, Pokemon. Can you see what's in your book? And it's just a bunch of like jet black pages. Yeah. When he goes to the set, this <laughs> I, this show messes up a lot, but that is like a a perfect comedic thing. I love that is incredible. Yeah, that was good. Props to whoever thought of that. Like, you are you are 
goaded with the song. Give that, give that one speaking. a raise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give them a raise. I do find it fun, like, just in terms of like the filler episodes, especially, have have this a lot of like, because we're four, se- this is the fourth season now, there's like a lot of Digimon. It feels like a thing with like, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit with like the Toontown when like they're just mm-hmm. walking around and like your main characters are ones that you're not familiar with, uh, you know, before watching the film uh, for the first time. But like they're walking around Toon Time and they're bumping into like, oh, there's, you know, Yosemite Sam and, and there's like Daffy Duck and whatever. And it's got that kind of feeling where they're just like hanging around the digital world. It's like, oh, there's Agumon. Oh, there's Gallantmon. Like it's just, it's just really weird seeing all these like big names in the Digimon space, as it were, just like vibing in the, in like a middle of a, like a village somewhere. <laughs> It has, that, it has yeah. that weird feeling. Gabumon's going to preschool. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's so cute. And it's like, yeah, how, like, how, yeah, or what happens to baby Digimon after they leave Primary Village and, like, how they start going about their lives and, like, they go to school and they go and they have these things, they have these tournaments, they have these towns where there's markets and, like, I don't know, that's that's just stuff that I really enjoy I guess not just in Digimon, but in a lot of, um, and a lot of, like, fantasy media in general is, like, I want to know what it's like to be here. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. The, the digital world is so much more lived in compared to the other ones. And I don't think it's like a bad thing for the other ones or necessarily like a good thing mm-hmm. for this one. It's just different. And I appreciate that. It's like, hey, like this is a digital world that is full of like towns. Like there is a, there are like civilizations here. There are people who have like made, make their livings like making burgers or <laughs> yeah. like pawn shops. Like I think that's a very cool thing to include. Like I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it makes it, it makes it sting a little more because they do that and then. Like, they will, again, they'll do the things with, like, Trubimon or that, where they'll try to, they'll sort of gesture at, like, the politics of the digital world or whatever, and then they don't really commit to it. And it's like, oh, that's that. Yeah, and, it, and, that, and that sucks, because that, that would be very yeah, interesting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But so, like, it's nice that they have a bit of, like, a, they, they do they do have a, that um, sense of, uh, there's, like, a slight sense of community, uh, I don't want to really give him too much credit there, but that like there, there is a little bit of that, and it's it's kind of nice. Um, I still, yeah. I still think my favorite episode of Frontier. I'm not, I'm not suggesting if anyone else has a favorite episode, feel free to pitch it in. But I'm not suggesting everyone should do it. But like, okay. if I think my favorite episodes are the, it's the one where Tommy has to get his detector back from Datamon. In. Oh yeah, that whole yeah, that whole that's a, that's a that's a great one. Yeah, that was yeah. actually one I was thinking about of just like man, that was so much better than so much of what was happening. <laughs> it was almost definitely feels like the writers were better at short stories than an overarching uh, narrative, yeah. which is which if, happens. Yeah, this was episodic. It would it would be a lot better yeah. off. Yeah, even the like even the like fat joke they do about JP at least has like a twist of like Zoe being the one to pack away the most the most food or whatever like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not completely dog shit. It's just a little dog shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. But everything else about <laughs> yeah. the episode was 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 just just a good time. I don't know. It, it... I'll I'll give two um like sort of mentions. I really like the sort of the one two of uh the the Koichi episodes where you have Duskmon and like re- you reveal Koichi. I think that was a very good sort of like uh pod of episodes that sort of like expands on Koji, introduces this new character sort of brings together this lore and, like, this teasing of, like, Takuya having seen the other Koji at the train station type of thing. Like, I think... And then it brings in, like, a a character who... One of the few characters I really, really like in this show. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think that was was a great thing. Like, I I think they did that pretty well. Like, it felt like 
kind of like actual Digimon of like, wow, they're actually like attempting some sort of story and some development for these characters and sort of intertwining things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and then I yeah. then I I also like the uh the Burgermon episode. Yes. I thought that was cute. Yeah, it was just I love Burgermon. Yeah, like that was that was nice. That was nice of them just being kids. And it was still like it still had one of the big bads in this in the of the overall story in it, but it still yeah. worked. It's like I don't know. I just thought it was. I thought there were just yeah. like good little self contained stories, and then we get back to yeah. the main narrative, and I'm like, oh, okay. And yeah. it's just yeah, it's it's that. I guess I guess that's where I, I thought that Digimon Frontier was was like decent was when they were having those little the little episodes like that. I wouldn't really call them filler because it really sounded like they were just like struggling through this entire series yeah. <laughs> to write any story at all. Yeah. I would say, like, it's funny, because I think my favorite is also, like, a quote-unquote filler episode, the the Wacky Races one. Yes. Like, that's the one that I enjoyed the most start to great. finish. Like, yeah. it's, it embraces the cartooniness of its inspiration and doesn't try to, like, you know, get too heavy or too too heady about it. It works really well because it's simple. Like, it, it's, you know, a very basic good versus evil story. They even have, like, their dick dastardly analog in, in mm-hmm. Shadow, Wergerumon, and whatever. Um, it's great. And yeah, like it just comes across as a very earnest, fun time, and I think that's what's missing from the rest of the the, the series is just that that sense of of earnestness. I think it's it's trying too hard to be cool a lot of the time. Yeah, well, that's a lot of that's a lot of early that's a lot of early two thousands uh, cartoons that yeah are yeah. very blatantly aimed at uh, like ten to twelve year old boys. Yeah, sh- shonen especially. And that, yeah, like, like most shonen. Yeah, it's like a lot of shonen tries way too hard to be like super edgy and cool. Yeah. Oh, um, also the Shadow Seraphimon episode, because Seraphimon, Shadow Seraphimon Mercurymon is just, like, a complete jerk, and he's also, like, given Takuya the business before, like, Takuya gets the deus ex machina. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 he pulls out, like, the chokey and is like, I'm gonna put you in this coffin, and I'm like, <laughs> man, this is great. Yeah, I, I get it. More of this. It's, it's a total wrestler <laughs> move, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean... That whole Saikakumon arc is, like, not that good. But it's, like, I enjoy that because, like, Mercurymon has been shown to be, like, a showman. And they really amped that up here of him, like, in the church. And he's, like, just, like, chewing the fat. And he is just loving it. And it's, like, you can tell, like, Darren Norris had a, probably had a great time, like, doing his lines. Because he, he is just, like, gets to be, like, super hammy and over the top. Mm-hmm. The times that the voice actors seem to actually enjoy things, which don't always seem to be too often, but when they do, it's good, and I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like with with Mona Marshall, like, you can see she's clearly having a fun time, sort of just smizing and being evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. That's our, pos- that's our final ever Positivity Corner. We may cover a show bad enough to warrant one in the future, but... Adventure 2020 has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it would be no, that. I was bad, gonna say but... like from from what I've watched of that show, which I'll uh, admittedly was only like the first three episodes, um, it wasn't that bad. But uh, aggressively mid is what I would yeah, call it. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? We might. We'll we, see. We'll see in like we 10 might years. get into fusion and just be like, oh, this is a lot worse than expected. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> 90 episodes of Positivity Corner. Thanks I don't to know what's up with Atpamon, but maybe maybe that one as well. I I hear a lot of people actually like Atpamon. Okay, okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just saw something about that when I was looking up something about Pokemon. I'm like, wait, we got like... Or Pokemon Digimon. It's like, wait, we got... 
Appmon? Yeah. That was, yeah. That, was like weird. that was like they tried to do a series. So they did Digimon Fusion and then like there was a break for a bit, but I think they were still doing the, mm-hmm. tri- the tri-films um, or OVAs. And then Appmon was kind of like, oh, it's like a brand new Digimon series, but they called it like, what do they call it? Digimon Universe App Monsters or something? It, it, it was like a weird... Yeah, Digimon Universe App Monsters. It was Monster. like a weird okay. spin-off. Like in concept, the idea of how like, what if your Digivice was just a smartphone? That's that's like gold, right? That obvious stuff. But they just yeah, had, of course, yeah. They just had this weird approach to it, which didn't really. It, it was strange. It was it was it was mm-hmm. like they want they wanted to sort of divorce from Digimon. I feel yeah. like, but the people I've talked to, like who have seen it, they they genuinely seem to enjoy most, if not all, the show like a pretty decent amount. Yeah, like, I, it, I think that it's not a coincidence that after that they went to Adventure Twenty Twenty. Uh, sorry, they did Adventure Twenty Twenty, like the reboot, and then after that they did Ghost mm-hmm. Ghost Game, which is like a very traditional Digimon show, uh, except for the fact that it's con- con- constantly parodying horror films so um i uh yeah i, I think they've got back on track that abmon was kind of like a it's not landed in the same way that ghost game has um it seems like every it seems like every few years the I, i'm not sure if it's like the same team or whatever teams are brought on to do this they try to do something an experiment and then every time that they get proven wrong of like nope just just let's just go back to how it's been going <laughs> i'm confident that ghost, but, ghost game is like yeah both experimental enough but like with, with without losing the core of what did what makes digimon tick to have them hmm. like be able to do something else yeah. next I, if that makes sense go, yeah, go, ghost game makes me wish for a world where digimon was like gundam where mm-hmm. like if <laughs> this core idea keeps getting handed around to different young artists who get to do whatever they want with it because yeah. that's what really made gundam flourish like that branching out like that and you know, as long as you have the central theme of war and giant robots, you can do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. the creator of the series even said, "I always want Gundam in the hands of the, of the next generation because old men like me don't know how to write for the future." And yeah, I really wish so that, that true, they, they took that approach with with Digimon as well. I really wish that like we got you know here's a ghost game which is horror themed, and here's one that's like you know um, I don't know based on music, or here's one that's like. Uh, you know, a mystery or something like there. There's so many different avenues you can explore with the basic concept of a virtual world where monsters exist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like early on, especially with Frontier, when they tried to branch out like that, they did it in the most boring way possible. Like they just kept like all this baggage from adventure and and made it worse. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely had 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 that sort of feeling of they wanted to do something new but they were too scared to too scared to like go full monty on it with a like full on with with how new it was and they they were hoping i i don't know it's like it definitely to me to me like that i yeah frontier just reeks of executive interference also yeah like but that that's just you don't want to make you don't want to make a bad show no but they did not not trying to cut them slack over stuff like the Zoe stuff. It's like they don't want to make a bad show. It's just an unfortunate that they did. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure there are there were a lot of grunts doing like uh, art on that show that really wanted to do good and really want to see it succeed. But for like the the head staff, the Toei suits, unfortunately, just you know. Yeah, it's like I, like we said before. I I do think there were people working on this show 
who were passionate and like you know involved and wanted to make something great there's the problem is like one person's passion can't undo a bunch of other people's fuck-ups and there's one writer in particular that we always um bashed on um i can't remember his given name but his family name was akatsuki and he was responsible for basically yamatoya yeah tomatoya akatsuki and he was basically responsible for every sexist episode involving zoe and like a bunch of the weird creepy stuff and whatever so like that is that is one man who's personal issues spiderwebbed out throughout the series and made it actively worse like it's it's a shame but like all the passion in the world can't undo you know someone like that who has so much creative control over a series yeah yeah i'm not gonna blame a lot of people but we are gonna blame you bud yeah it's like that explains (laughs) a lot and consistency that it was uh either like one of the writers or a head writer or something like that yeah because that's the thing like it was consistent yeah. Just consistently, yeah. this is the direction they wanted uh, with some of the stuff with with uh, some of the more unsavory stuff that was happening in the series. And it was just like, why, why, why? But that makes sense. It was all just like it was one person. <laughs> yeah, Zoe's Zoe's like last like moment, so to speak, in the show is her being like having a crush on Takuya out of nowhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I've said it before, but. Uh, her role is like the girl slash who do you want to ship her with? Like which boy do you want to ship her with at which point? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because like they tease they tease it with everyone. Like obviously like there's the, the JP stuff where it's like oh like she's not interested in JP. Yep. But then they do like the thing where like she blushes around Koji and then she blushes around Takuya and it comes out of nowhere. There's nothing <laughs> substantial about it. It makes the shipper and me incredibly irate. Compat strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> like the when the writers are so are so sexist that they accidentally write a better gay romance than than a straight romance. Yes, I, it's so funny, and it's so funny because for me, I am I'm actually when it comes um, if I do see any kind of like shipping chemistry of any sort in a show, I actually um, am a multi shipper and will go for like pretty. I will pretty much be able to see anything and be like, yeah, I can see that. That's cute. But there's a difference between that and a difference between they literally have no idea what to do with this character other than to make yeah. her have a, tr- a crush on somebody. There, There is a void of chemistry, a gaping maw. Yeah. Where, like it's, where character relationships should go in this show. And it's, yeah, and it's yeah. not just, and it's not just like any kind of romantic relationship. It's just all of it. Like all of like how the kids interact with each other and, um and just how it, how it goes. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just. It just it just didn't seem it just didn't seem to really they didn't seem to really mesh together as a, as a group and it's not even necessarily like it wasn't even necessarily from like a positive standpoint of them need to be besties or anything like that it was like literally even just their conflicts were like it it just made it feel like they gathered a whole bunch of children in a room and then told them that this was a reality show fight. <laughs> yeah, I'd God. watch that. I would too. They're not here to make friends. Yeah, <laughs> Koji Koji isn't here to make friends. Um, but the old... I know. Yeah. Uh, Every time they're just like, "Oh, he's gonna make friends." Yes. God, it's I'm like just... it's like trying to feed the baby like with like the with the spoon of vegetables, and the baby's like, "No!" Like keeps like turning his head away. That's this show with like trying to give Koji friends. <laughs> yeah. It's like here comes the trail. Here comes the trail, mom. Yeah. No. Here comes the trail, mom. We're gonna try to make these kids actually get along rather than just having a freeze frame <laughs> of them laughing together at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We're all such good friends. We're such good friends. <laughs> Takuya. Takuya. My friends are just out yes. of frame. You can't no, see them, but they're there that, laughing. That's with JP's me. ending. That's JP's ending. Yeah, just it really that. is. But that, that, yeah, but that was how they treated each other, like the main kid. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. Horrible. No, no one really liked each other on this show, except for like 
obviously Koji and Koichi, and then, like, Tommy and Takuya had, like, the brother thing, sort of. Yeah, so... For, like, a hot second, and then yeah. Ta and then Takuya was like, I'm the I'm the quarterback. Wait, where am I? Oh, shit, I'm the main character! And then that, that's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, like, there's, like things that they'll gesture out throughout the show, but, like, they don't really... Uh, they, 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 like, come back to every now and then, but but that's it. Like, they don't really... They aren't. They aren't believable. They aren't permanent. Um, uh, yeah. So it's a shame. Like th there's some stuff like in the middle where like Takuya and Koji have an interesting conversation. Like in one of the episodes where Koji's trying to be like, "You need to take this shit seriously." Oh but yeah, that... the uh, the right before he ca he chickens out and becomes yeah. A coward. So mm -hmm. it's just very like yeah, it's just a lot of wasted potential. Um, yeah. But. but there are moments in the show that are real that like have like a little sparkle of hope and like decent like it's like hey like you're you're building towards something keep going keep yeah. going at least you're getting somewhere but they always like pull back before they go too far because like they're too afraid to like do something like substantial yeah or or I don't know they just <sighs> I I don't I don't know why so Digimon Frontier has commitment issues. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which is why we have to. That, see, that would be the good, that would be a good um, title for like a video essay about Digimon Frontier. Because <laughs> that's really what happens is that they'll present something. Yeah. And then they just drop it. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the setting. Yeah. They can't commit. The characterization. Even like the initially like oh, god awful characterization that they give to like you know JP. JP is a big example because he's just made out to be the biggest prick in the world in the first few episodes, and then like mm -hmm. he just immediately turns into like. Just like, uh, hey guys, I'm JP. Uh, like, he's just, remember when he calls that kind of uh, Takuya Taki, <laughs> and it's like you don't, you aren't good enough friends where you can yes. give him a all, nickname. All the nickname that. stuff, very like Z or whatever they call Zoe. It's like again, it's that forced, it's that forced cringe banter that they were that I was talking about before, and it's just like ah, no, yeah. not all that. Even like, I don't know. Um, if I oh got, I miss Tamers. I miss like where the characters start there would just eventually get along and like Rico and and uh Yeah. Um Oh my god, I forgot his name. Uh Takato. Tica uh, and Rico just could just like shoot the shit about one another and it was great, even though they were actually was mm -hmm. frozen at the beginning. Yeah. Like, oh just I missed it so much watching the show and I'm really hoping, yeah, that Savers brings back that kind of flavour. So <laughs> Or if not yeah, yeah, it makes me it makes me miss like zero two because like <laughs> yes, you had, like those six like are such like a solid unit. Like I think yeah, uh, those six like however they may be in their in the series or as like protagonists whatever. But as a unit of friends, I think they are probably the best group of friends that we've seen in Digimon. Like they are like ride or die for each other. They're always hanging out. Like they show to obviously care about each other and like they may rib on each other. But, yeah. like, it's not in the way that it's done here where, like, characters can be kind of cruel and vicious. It's, like, it's like a, a loving ribbing. Like, I really enjoy them because of that. Like, Frontier is the opposite. It's a bunch of kids who really don't want to be around each other, it feels like, and are just kind of there by obligation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in a classroom or at a or at a yeah. or at a team building exercise at work. Yeah, yeah, like like they're in a they're in like a group project, but like none of them really like each other. It's like the teacher like trying to get everyone from like different sides of the classroom because like that they don't talk to each other because they're not sitting by each <laughs> other. funny one. So it's like oh. <laughs> Yeah, Ophanimon's like, okay, like, you, 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 okay, we're together. And it's like, no one really wants to be there. Yeah, the, the reality show metaphor is, 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 is again, very apt um, for, yeah. for this thing. So, 
Um, yeah, just strange. Uh, I do, I do enjoy that, that when they when they bump into like the weird Bizarro kids uh, later on. Like they so those those kids still somehow manage to be worse than the Chuckleheads. So that's uh... I know. No, I I think they're better. They like remember how like they went to the Mamemon village and like they helped plant the beanstalk and like became like good friends with the Mamemon. Like that would never happen with. I don't the know. I Two of them tried to, that. like, immediately kill Tommy, basically, so... Well, okay, okay, well, they have problems, but at least they were nice to the Digimon. <laughs> okay, still still laughing at it. Sloan's really, Sloan's really liked it. Attempted murder I can excuse, but I draw the line of animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, it's just, it just I'm also shows... I'm not saying they're good people, I'm saying... As, as a unit of friends, I would believe them more than I would believe the Chuckleheads. <laughs> well, that's all I I'm guess, saying. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. slightly, more, slightly more than the other children, because it's like, they were definitely there because they're, at least the kid, those those kids had, like, kind of all the same idea of, nah, I don't want to go home. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like... They're... They were just like, I don't want to go to school. Let's go here. Let's hang out with our cool angel friend. Yeah, it's like, look at this cool dude who just like hangs out with us and beats up people for us. Love it. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, then he gets, then he gets yeah. like instantly. Oh no! Ah, <laughs> uh, rip. Rip. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's and and but that also just demonstrates how um narrative was coming before character because yeah, it's like the two of those kids were bullying the crap out of Tommy, but then they're like, yeah, we'll help out the mommy mom just fine. Um, which yeah. could have been conceivably because they said the reason they're bullying Tommy is because they didn't, they thought that he was weak and he needed to be, get stronger. So they thought that bullying him would make him stronger. But then they go hang out with the mommy mom and it's just like, it's it's just, it just shows that the the characters in uh, Digimon Frontier weren't exactly characters. They were vessels for narratives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's such a weird contradiction that makes the, it makes those kids come across as like the child friendly version of like, oh, I'm, I'm socially progressive, but fiscally conservative <laughs> or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll help these magical creatures, but I won't help a weenie. <laughs> Tommy, you need to pull yourself up by our bootstraps. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then Tommy reveals he has a spirit, and it's like, oh no, we need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps <laughs> and go back if, to the real world. If if we grind hard enough at our nine to fives, maybe we'll become Digimon too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Also, being introduced to them, I can't remember. I think it was after all of the legendary warriors were gone. I don't know. I was waiting for the legendary war, the other, like the the goon squad, to basically when they got defeated, turn into other children who were like super shitty. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. that would make so much sense because who who were they? Like were the spirits they? can't the spirits can't manifest something out of nothing, and like the original spirits weren't the 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 goon squad. So like who who were they? Yeah, they yeah. They that's why I like that sort of like fan theory of like the 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 what do we call them? Like the the nega chuckleheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that, they, like there's like a like a like a fun like fan head of like them being the the goon squad, and I like that because like at least that would like make sense. Yeah, the, and that the, would give them a reason to be jerks. The gender ratio so lines up too. <laughs> like the gender ratio lines up too. Like they have they have one yeah. Ranamon and then three dudes. So like it, yeah. it yeah. could have worked out that way, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was also something that was maybe in the pitch bible but got forgotten about. <laughs> they decided mm-hmm. not to do for unknown reasons, like like all, all things. Just that makes we so don't, much sense. We don't want our show to be slightly better, potentially. We don't want our show to showcase children can be assholes and murder people. 
but here, watch our show about kids being assholes and murdering people. Yeah, yeah, but they're good. Exactly, yeah. That's what we feel. Anyway, here's this first episode where JP tries to kill Tommy on several occasions. Like, like, come on. Seriously. Yeah, where Ophanimon conscripts thousands of child soldiers into the digital world. <laughs> and they just show up and they're just like, most of them home. Ah, looks around. Yeah, exactly. She just basically does the thing where it's like, um, click here to win a free iPhone, and then suddenly they're like fi- fighting <gasps> for her her noble cause. Or whatever. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Oops, you've been conscripted to fight Satan. <laughs> yeah. He clicks the out on his phone, and then he wakes up, and he's holding a gun. <laughs> I mean, that is what happens at some point in good Digimon fashion. Eventually, they just get powerful <laughs> enough to where they just become a gun. Yeah. yeah, Kumamon has like little blasters. Love it. Like, so you can, he does have a gun. Yeah. You can measure the worth of any Digimon by whether they have genes or a gun. That's why Gargamon's the most powerful Digimon because it has genes and, and a gun. gun. Yes, That's yes. True. What if we gave Gundramon genes? That would be that would be the objective most powerful Digimon of all time, and I'm pretty sure that Chris would back me up on that. That's true. Thanks, Chris. Okay, who the fuck is Chris? I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Haven't you seen those memes about like that one power scaler named Chris? No, you need to. You... Who talks about like Goku versus other characters uh, and talks about how like Goku is my, better? My only power, they, they always... my, my only power scaling thing that I'm interested in is uh, everyone pointing out how every other character in fiction would just body Homelander from the boys in one game. Like <laughs> that's my only power scaling argument it's I so... enjoy. Yeah, so like it was. A bunch of unironic Instagram posts from like a DBZ fan account right. that name dropped someone it. named Chris as if we were supposed to know who that was just based on his name. Like, oh according oh to God. Chris, Goku could be Superman. <laughs> cool, and thanks, so, Chris. It's yeah. So it's just you can just you can just invoke Chris's holy name to win any fight. Wait, now. it's it's like yeah. That's what feel I'm free to doing. debate him in the Discord server. What we need that Discord server link. We need to be in there arguing <laughs> on behalf of I don't know. Warmon or whatever, like yeah. Could yeah. could Susan Oman beat Goku? No, <laughs> no, he sucks. No. Susan, Sus- Susan, uh, Susan, Susan couldn't beat Homelander. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. So, yeah. oh yeah, yeah definitely. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, could so. could Susan beat Vegeta? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't think anyone from Frontier could beat like an actual like strong character. I'm gonna just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think Beerus could sneeze on them and they would die. That's kind yeah. of his thing. Tommy <laughs> explodes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think Yamcha could season them and they'd probably die. So, not great. Um, the farmer with the shotgun could sneeze on them and they would okay. die. <laughs> How many times I've had to see shots of these kids just pass the fuck out in a field? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, for talking about power scaling, uh, oh, maybe we're coming to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. We're coming to the end of this. <laughs> it's okay. Just, just, just. see that's. This is a running theme when we talk about Frontier. We'd rather talk about anything but Frontier. I see, I see. <laughs> no, I'm I'm down. I'm down for it. I just like, every, what, if I look at any time Goku's introduced in any kind of power scaling thing, I'm just immediately flashback to like second grade. Yeah. <laughs> of like the kids, of like the boys who, who would make fun of me for liking Powerpuff Girls or something like that. They're like, they never beat Goku. Oh, I'm like, God. I don't care. No, no. The Powerpuff Girls. I think they could. Girls. Like, everyone's seen that Mojo Jojo clip of where they just break into prison and beat the shit out of him. They're, yeah. they're yeah. brutal. Like, Goku. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. hard. They you could, were called they the, kick ass, the kick ass girls, okay? Yeah, yeah. It was like in the name. <laughs> yeah, Goku's, Goku's too soft. 
He couldn't. He couldn't no, beat yeah. them three That's on one. They got this easy. Goku. Go, <laughs> yeah, Goku could probably beat them. But here's the thing: Goku would look at that and be like, "He will be apt. He will be pumped and ready for a fight." Which, in Goku terms, is the highest compliment he can give. So you know, yeah. game respect game and all that. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's it's just that's what just that's just what I find power scaling automatically funny. <laughs> the Powerpuff Girls would beat Goku, but then they'd all become friends and team up to break into jail and beat up Mojo. <laughs> yes. Goku. And then break into hell to beat up Frieza or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Oh. I... That's you know what, what you're right. They would, they would be best of friends, and they would they would just travel to different universes, breaking into whatever whatever hell slash prison exists if you, to kick if you, the shit out of the villain. If you'd have written to uh, Craig McCracken when you were, uh, however old you were then, um, I was second grade, um, I'm sure he would have had the exact same answer. So yes, you definitely have indicated. Oh yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I just got off the phone with him, and he said, yeah, that's totally all true. <laughs> yeah, good. He's on Twitter. Hello. <laughs> Craig said, yeah, he, he is on Twitter. Yeah. Craig said it's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Exactly. Okay. Uh, okay, so God. Mina, do we have anyone hitting us up with their own retrospective stories? By uh, chance? Let me check that. I did. I didn't see any when I first checked before we started recording, but it's been three hours. Oh yeah, we got we got two emails in three hours. How about that? Yo, let's go. All right, I am I am rubbing my hands together. All right, the first one is from Amy, one of our our frequent emailers. Thank you very much for sending it. An email in once again. Thank you, Amy. Um, the subject line is Koichi and his sixth ranger elders. So it starts with, hey gang, before I get to the point of the email I want to ask is, <laughs> god damn it, <laughs> is Fredophobia a word Sloan just made up? <laughs> yes. It's real. There's there's no way this is a real phrase. <laughs> it's a real phrase. Well, I'm, glad, I'm, glad we, uh, I'm glad you were finally called out on it, Sloan. It's been... <laughs> Okay, so the thing is, can I can I uh, go into this real quick? All right, before I, before I move on, yes, please please explain yourself so, on, the, on the world uh, stage. It's it's a joke that I've seen, but because Chris Cuomo talked about how Fredo oh, no. was like a racist insult. Oh my god! <laughs> so since then, I've been using Fredo phobia as a joke of like being mean to Italians. <laughs> I swear I, it's not I, real, but it's it's real in all I of swear our I, hearts. It's absolutely, it, which is why which is why we're allowed to leverage it against Zoe, and I can because I'm Italian. That reminds me of oh my god, who is that? Who's that jerk who's running for yes, mayor in LA? Yes, yes, yeah, it's, Caruso. It's, they're like, okay, so we have a black woman and a white man. He's like, excuse me, I'm Italian, and they're like, I'm oh, an Italian okay. white man, and he's like, actually, oh, I lived in LA, I could vote for him. Yeah, and he's like, actually, Italian is Latin. <laughs> and like the moderator who's like a Latin woman it just stares Oh, holy the whole shit. debate is just brought to a grinding halt I have to see how they pick it up from there but I'm just oh, oh my <laughs> so, god American <laughs> politics is like a clown show isn't it it really <laughs> is yeah. it really is and it's just like okay country that has Doug Ford <laughs> Yeah, hey, no, I, hey, you know what? You got me there. Wanna, I can't. You, I can't speak on that. You want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about clown politics? Um, we're having a real fucking circus right now over here. So you know, um, yeah. no, 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 you're not free either, country. You know that what? Had we'll, Boris we'll just, Johnson. We'll just say I'll drag you all down world. with me. Clown world, yes. Yeah, clown world. Clown world. Um, uh, we really do we could, live in clown also, world. We could call this episode clown world if we if we if we weren't <laughs> using lyrics from the theme. Yes. Good. If there was, if P, if Piedmon was here, then it yes. would be clown. World. It would be clown world. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let me continue. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, next line of the email says, "Anyway, Tom mentioned that Koichi was introduced way too late for all the things they wanted to do with him. My thought was to turn to Super Sentai, 
a series that is known for averaging 45 to 50 episodes per series with an extra hero introduced to a team that is usually five people to start. Frontier came out in 2002, which gives us 10 years of precedent in terms of six Rangers. I won't go too in-depth, partially because these are Sentai, se- there are Sentai seasons I haven't seen. Um, the first proper sixth is Dragon Ranger from Zoo Z- Ranger, introduced in episode 17 of the series, which is after Koichi, but they also don't spell into 20 episodes on his villain arc. Uh, only six instead. Uh, Kiba Ranger from Dio Ranger in 1993 also shows up around the same time, which establishes a trend. For the years leading up to Frontier, the six Rangers move on to later half editions, all showing up after the 20 episode mark. Uh, so, in terms of Koichi and Loimon's timing to join the team, uh, which is in episode 33, he was weirdly late even for the early 2000s when Toei hadn't decided they wanted um, six in the shows early on. I genuinely thought that maybe looking at this trend would reveal, yeah, no, that's just a weird trope of the genre at the time, but no, it showed me that Frontier just manages time terribly. <laughs> uh, when you think about it, couldn't they have used some of the filler episode slots with Koichi on the team? It feels like they could have given us more time to enjoy the character. Like, move him earlier onto the show, why not? Yeah. And that's the end of the email. I think, I, I forget what I said at the time, but like, I, I think, yes, that, that I do think introducing him sooner couldn't be a bad thing either, or just introducing like Dustmon sooner. But, I think introducing the concept that he was like dead <laughs> is the thing that they should have introduced. Yeah. They should have introduced that a lot sooner. I think is more the pressing issue. But like five episodes to the end. Hey, bro. By the way, you're dead. Yeah, it's just so true. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And like, because I had already by that point forgotten about um, <laughs> about Takuya seeing Koji number two in. Yeah. Uh, in he his, shit in down his, the stairs. Yeah, he and he did. Yeah, like he, I, I already had forgotten about that. Yeah. That's how flat fast that was. And then so Crusader was like, "By the way, you're dead." And he's just like, "What?" Yeah. Episode ends. Yeah. I, I, and then the next episode is like, nobody talks about this. I, I just didn't believe that he died from falling downstairs. I thought it was just like so weak. Uh, but, but I guess, I, it just one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're in a show like this, you need if you're going to die. It needs to be like brutal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yes. But yeah, not like <laughs> something that could happen in real life to some poor soul. So I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I like the Toku fact- facts though. Um, I do think that this show clearly, you know, a bit of Toku influence there, which you love to see. I'm not really someone that's that familiar with the genre from like watching it, but you know, I recognize yeah. dudes in suits being superheroes and shit. Like, yeah, obviously, yes, Frontier. I have a lot of friends who like Toku, but yeah. I've never seen it, so this is yeah, interesting have, to find I've, out. I've seen one episode of, or sorry, one season of Common Writer, and it's because someone forced me to watch it. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not a good barometer. <laughs> like, like at gun, like at gunpoint. <laughs> no, it was. I had I had a friend in university who was really into Common uh, Rider Wizard, which I'm heard I've heard he's even like one of the better seasons. Never heard um, of him. And sometimes when I hung out with him, he just you know would put on an episode, and I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. But even like. Even like in Digimon, uh, you know, because the, they've introduced characters like, you know, you had Kari in Adventure, you had Ken in O2. Um, I guess you sort of had like Jerry and Kazu and Kento in Tamers, although they were... Well, Rio, I think, would be the more... Yeah, I guess Rio one. is actually, yeah, the more direct equivalent, absolutely. Uh, but, um, so it's a staple in there as well. And I don't think his uh, Koichi's introduction... It's around the same point as those, I suppose. But yeah, it's... it's, uh, I, it's... Actually, I, I remember checking. Um, Kari comes in a little bit later, and the show has a few more episodes. Yeah. So... He, she's in like the 30s or something, right? Like, it's like the episode she's count, like, I mean. 
let, let me check again. I'm pretty sure she's like 39 of like 50. Okay, yes, so a bit, a bit uh, like she gets her her Digimon at uh, episode 37. She's introduced before yes. then, and the show has 54. I mean, episodes. she's introduced in like, episode 21. So uh, the, that's like, still a yeah. very that's still a very substantial amount of time for her to be in the series. Yeah, yeah. She 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 comes in relatively late, considering she's only there for essentially like one yeah. arc. Mm-hmm. And she's there a little bit in like the Odaiba just, arc, but just yeah, better like pacing and all that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, better pacing and uh, much less compacted, considering uh, Koichi sort of like comes in at like the last hour. It yeah, feels and, like. and although I do have qualms with like the goddess of light stuff or whatever the hell was going on with her, like I do feel there's a few unresolved <laughs> plot points there, perhaps, uh, or like yeah. not not greatly well resolved. Anyway, I, I just I do feel like you don't have the big dumb thing that they do at the end here with Koichi. So like, you know, it just it just yeah. it just works better. Ryu is also Kawa like, Kar- Kar- comes out and says Ken was dead the entire time. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure you would have loved it if uh, Rio had that plot twist. <laughs> but uh um yeah M- uh, Mina and Sloan were not huge fans of Rio. Uh I thought it was I think he's I think his lore is interesting. I, like his... I just think at I like his voice actor. I'll always take like <laughs> late nineties, early two thousands. Steve Staley is like peak the voice actor Fair for me. Fair enough. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, I like his game lore, yeah. but like <laughs> him and like Tamers is kind of like yeah, mid. Okay. I mean, it's I I cut him more slack than he probably deserves, just because I know that he was a forced inclusion. Like he wasn't yeah, yeah. part of the original narrative as was written. Yeah. Oh. Um, no. And I think they they did their absolute best that they could with with his inclusion. Yeah. He doesn't. He, yeah. I he doesn't feel fair. like he gets in the way of the plot so to speak except for like except, except the for the very end, end when... yeah <laughs> yeah but but like yeah. it, it, compared compared to like compared that to like koichi who was like far more of like a here's the plot here's the show's plot so uh, anyway yeah so that those um it, for, yeah thanks for looking back through the <laughs> back through the archives yeah. of tokyo info and all that so that's quite interesting yeah yeah that's really yeah, good yeah. to know yeah. thank it's, you Thank you for doing the research, um, even if it came to the same conclusion we already did, which is that Frontier is uniquely bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, so th- thank you very much, Amy. We always appreciate your emails. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a real one for doing that ma- that much research just to prove a show is, is extra bad. Yes. And, <laughs> to prove um, a show that it couldn't that a show couldn't even adhere to the trope it was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, all right, so next up we have an email from listener Mysterious Digi, who is also a repeat email yes. emailer. Thank you very much for submitting. Thank you. Uh, the subject line is Frontier Finale. And uh, it says, you made it. Frontier can stop haunting you now. It was a fun ride listening to you, listening though, and I'm glad I found the podcast. It's probably my favorite Digimon podcast because of the consistency of uploads and your insightful discussion. Looking Aww. forward the to what you see. Premier Digimon rewatch experience. Let's go. <laughs> Looking forward to see what you say about Saver slash Data Squad, especially if you look into the differences between them. I'd say it's maybe my third or fourth favorite series. Thank you very much for that email. Those words are far too kind. We really appreciate it. Like we're we're a small little podcast, but we love getting this kind of mail because it reminds us that like we're not just speaking into the void. There are people out there listening and, and enjoying, and yeah. that's really super. The void is speaking back. One might say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> speaking back into <laughs> no, the that, void. That adults. doesn't sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, listen, we we're it. we're broadcasting into the void, and people are picking up the signals and broadcasting them back to us. Yeah, we're like a so yeah. like a find each other eventually. Yes, yeah, we're Alien we're signals. like a number station. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna keep rattling off Digimon stuff regardless of who's listening. Exactly. <laughs> the Digimon Mason. Um, yes, and do worry not, we will go back. Okay, so 
for for those of you who are just tuning into this episode, usually every season I would watch both versions, the sub and the dub, so that I could note like the differences between them. Um, I didn't do that for Frontier because fuck watching this series two times. <laughs> um, I considered it, but then so, I, I was like, you know what? Just, I, can't. I usually so, try to do that too, but I'm I got I got work yeah. to do. We just, so, we just looked up so, we just looked up the important differences, like uh, how much worse the tickling scene was in the original. So oh my god, yeah, yeah I just I just forgot about it, and now it's back. Oh damn! Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hated so, thanks, everything Tom. about it. So, so yeah, thankfully, I, I love Saber, so we'll be returning to that um, next, you know, next season. I'll be I'll be covering both the dub and the sub once again. Um, <laughs> I think the dub script is a lot more faithful than usual. Hell, I would say it's faithful to a fault sometimes. Aww. They they adhere to um, the the names that Toei gave them for certain Digimon, even when those names were obviously broken English. Like, it's it's really funny because they apparently tried to argue the point with some of them. There's a Digimon that appears in Savers called Lotusmon, and Toei handed them the name card, and they said, it's Rotusmon. <laughs> and the dub writers were like, um, no, that's not a word. And <laughs> Toei just, like, slammed them down and said, listen, we have merchandise to sell. The merchandise has to be the same across all regions. It's Rotusmon. And they're like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Oof. So there, there are a couple instances of that where, obviously, they, they had to adhere to the original Japanese names. Um, and that, that sucks. <laughs> but thankfully, um, there's not too much of that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to comparing and contrasting them, especially given the, the, different, the cultural differences that some of the... Um, the characters uh, carry with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look forward to that. I hope that you enjoyed uh, us covering that as much as you enjoyed us covering uh, this very bad, awful, no good season. Also, I appreciate um, the comment about the consistency of uploads and stuff because um, yeah, I mean, we try to do it every week um, and we usually do that. <laughs> and if we don't, we usually like back in back after a week or something off break. So, yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. nice to yeah. see. Uh, I appreciate the compliment um, and the kind words and all that jazz. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So and, and uh, we will. Yeah, thank you for the email. Continue we'll, on. This episode might take a little bit to come out because I am looking at the time and oh boy, oh boy, howdy! <laughs> this this will this is going to be longer than our tamers retrospective. Yes. Oh my goodness. But it's yeah. We we had a lot to say on this one though. Like yeah. Tamer, Tamer stuff is basically like it's good. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we went we went in depth episode by episode, and and like uh, that was fantastic. And obviously we were we were yeah. doing less Listen. fewer episodes within uh, podcast. Uh, you know. I will I will say there is a reason why there are episodes or not episodes videos on YouTube called stuff like. Um, X sucks and here's why and they're four hours long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, people can't edit. It's because... I mean, the... I mean because... <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> Negative critical analysis um, you know, ten- tends to bring out more intense thoughts than positive critical analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We yeah. had a few episodes this yeah. uh, this season, to be fair, where we were like going for about, well, like about 90 minutes long or something and we covered like three episodes towards the end of the mm-hmm. Royal Night stuff. So, you know... <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work that way as well but uh but yeah 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 it's definitely sometimes it be exactly. like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly so thank you both to our to our listeners who sent in last emails for this season we really appreciate it yes uh we're basically done here so tom mina and i we will let you know sort of just just where you can find us and then we will let our illustrious guests sort of talk about where you can find them and yes. sort of in, 
Meg, you, you can go a little bit about what you do and whatnot. Yes, so, Mina, please support their wonderful work. Where can we work. find you? Um, I am on Twitter at Scrafty Devil. Um, you can follow me there if you want to see, you know, my my thoughts on on my thoughts on stuffs. Um, I watch a lot of movies and I usually tweet about how I feel about them. Um, like you know, sometimes cosplay. I'm trying to get back into that right now. So keep yeah. keep your eyes peeled if that's your thing. Uh, and yeah, uh, what about you, Tom? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at ColdManHot. Um, I am also tweeting about the uh, similarish nerdy stuff that um, that meter is. <laughs> uh, but yes, <laughs> we've watched a lot of TV lately, so uh, that's uh, mostly thoughts about that. But uh, there are there are games coming out soon, so more on that. I'm I'm sure. Uh, but yes, and Sloan, where can we where can we find you? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. I've been talking a lot about the game I'm making, so Ooh. look out for that Ooh. soonish. There's going to be a video game I, at I've, some point. I've, I've read the script. I can confirm it is a video game ass video game and a good one at that. Nice. Thank you. We have at least one person on this podcast who has read part of the the script. So be on the lookout for that. Follow me if you want to know more about the video game <laughs> and special illustrious guest. Thank you for joining us today. We've had a blast having you and talking with you and and having you talk about Frontier. So, Meg, where can the people find you? And just tell us a little bit about, like, you know, like what you do on on the online. Yeah, any, any fun projects you have in the pipeline that we should look out for? Yeah. Um, I am, uh, well, yeah, I'm Meg. I am uh, can typically be found on Twitter or Instagram at MixMeg, uh, MixMegArt. Um, and or on Tumblr, I am still there. I'm just I'm just somebody who's been chronically online for ten plus years, and I'm uh, an artist by trade. I do a lot of various types of animation art and pretty and various parts of the t- time uh, timeline pipeline um, professionally and pretty much online. I just um, chat with folks, post my artwork when I can, um, and projects that I'm working on. I Typically, um, right now, I'm still working on uh, the next project that I have with my friend uh, Rebecca Parham at Let Me Explain Studios on YouTube. Um, I board for that, and I do just my own art here and there and uh, talk about my dog. <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of, I'm very casual. Ooh. Love a dog. It's a very Everybody dog. loves yes. dogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Everyone go go check that out on YouTube. It sounds like a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for joining. Um, yeah, as, thank now, you now especially of all times, we need to support, you know, animation talent and especially diverse <laughs> animation talent. So. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I'm excited right now because everybody's at, a lot of people are actually at Lightbox Expo this e- weekend, which is kind of the up-and-coming animation uh, convention that a lot of the industry has been enjoying lately. So despite everything that's been happening in the industry, it's been really fun to hear everybody kind of get together and talk and buy artwork from each other. And just kind of like a lot of these conventions tend to be like big reunions for everybody. So it seems like at least right now, um, we're all doing pretty good because Lightbox is this weekend and everybody's having fun seeing each other. And it sounds just really nice to see all the support for everybody and their projects. Um, And uh, That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, so yeah. it's yeah. I think like awesome. it's it's a little ray of light right now that's going on in the industry, but yeah, we're always uh support artists, support living artists. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Everybody out there just doing their best. <laughs> I go it a thousand times. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we we need more support for artists, animators, you know, voice actors, everyone. 
Yeah, please support artists or you're going to get more things like Digimon Frontier. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that, that's the greatest warning sign you could possibly put up for, <laughs> for this. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Roblox pain sound on MP4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because yeah, that's usually what happens when um, support for artists and their work isn't as strong as it can be. I mean, we've always, for ever since animation started, we've always been dealing with... Um, the overreach of people who do not have an art background but think that they know what's best for art um, and commercial artwork as a whole. And uh, but just the exciting thing, at least like for the past few years, um, just like overall major industry stuff aside, is that a lot of people have been getting their own independent projects off the ground and have been getting more of that out into the public eye and getting more recognition. Um, oh yeah. And I don't know, I can't get enough of that. I'm very excited about that. And I'm hoping that despite this another yet another speed bump that we've had to run into in the industry, I'm hoping that this spawns in even more, uh, even more just cool, unique projects that everybody's making. So I don't know, I'm up, I'm, I try to stay optimistic. I've been, I've been in the industry for a while and I grew up in the industry um, around when some pretty rough, other pretty rough stuff happened. And I've seen how well people have recovered from it um, and how the greater things that they've gone on to make. Um, so I try to, I try to, you know, art, everybody, uh, like art, art is everything. Everything is made from art. We can, we can make it better. Hell yeah. That's, that's a great sentiment to echo, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, you, you heard them go, please go support, you know, whatever artists you can. But in this case, especially, please support Meg. Thank you so much for Thank all you. of your insights and all of your um, your wisdom and, and thoughts. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we couldn't have asked for a better guest than you to cover such a infamous <laughs> entry in this beloved franchise. I think an illustrious guest for an infamous for an infamous uh, season. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, like I said, I enjoy watching bad media because I if I'm not learning something about it, I can find something good about it. <laughs> yeah that's that's a good way of looking at it. better than a take i can get from yeah it. and that's understandable it's like that's it's just that's that's just how that's how art goes i, I don't know it's like I, I enjoy i enjoy discussing these kinds of things and for like well what what doesn't work why doesn't it work and usually how how it can be made better um next time if not next time if in something else that you may be working on personally because that's usually what I take away from bad media is how do I not make this mistake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a how-to yeah. guide on what things not to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep. But yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been an absolute blast. I have never done anything like this before. Um, but I am very open for doing it again. Uh, and yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Makes me oh, want yeah. to rewatch more Digimon again. I need to. I need to. <laughs> yes, yeah. Tavis. I mean, hey, follow follow along with Data Squad slash yes. and maybe maybe we'll get you back for the for the retrospective for that. <laughs> that yeah, absolutely. That too. That too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then we'll be back with Savers uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah, soon. We, 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 we usually take a, a short break. Yeah. yeah, we usually take a short break between seasons just to to let ourselves uh, relax. I mean, I'll be. Yeah. I'll, it's been a very long season with this one, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm ready to wash the taste of this out of my mouth, and uh, I can go. I can go now. So uh, if you want to record ASAP, I'm re- I'm ready to go. But uh, but given the length of this episode, yeah, we'll we'll let Sloan edit, then collapse, and then uh, and then no, recover, getting... then collapse. Yeah, I'm getting to four hours on my recording. Yes, you got a lot of editing yeah. to do. <laughs> a lot of editing. Gosh, speak so, to uh, you with with that. 
This has been the NovaCast, and thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.